the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. And I'm JP. And it is unbelievably JP. One week. Or maybe one week's dramatic. The week before All In, I got into a bit of a conversation with some Americans today as to whether the week begins Again. on a Sunday or a Monday, which makes no sense to me. It's Monday, it's the, so therefore All In is next week. Um, I feel like Sunday is part of the weekend, which is called the weekend for a reason. Is that not like the, the term? I don't know. They do things weird. To be fair, we've got a few weird things as well, you know, metrics. They put the month that, before the day, which I've never gotten. But yeah, anyway. that's weird. Throws you, doesn't it? You know, you want it to go like longer, bigger. Yeah, makes no sense. Hey, but... <laughs> we are here, which means we're uh, yeah, a week away from uh, from all in it, getting uh, getting uh, getting nervous. Mm. But, uh, a few announcements uh, related to that. Load whole load of uh, things going on. I'll be making my way down to London uh, close to this time next week. By the time people are listening to this, I'm yeah. going down. The Wednesday, we're making a bit of a uh, bit of a week of it. There's uh, a few wrestling shows down there. You won't, I won't be called Dead Up, which will we'll be uh, previewing on next week's spotlight. Yes, uh, next week's spotlight will be a Tuesday show. Quick program. Mm-hmm. One, if you're listening on the audio, that means you'll get it Wednesday morning, or you watch on the uh, on the YouTube replay. You'll be getting it uh, on the Wednesday because we'll be doing a full big preview of uh, of everything going on uh, Wembley week uh, next week. But can you believe it, JP? This is how close we are, and uh, yeah, you know, getting a bit nervous now. Got a, a big show coming. You know, I was in the building as I mentioned last week. It's all uh, all very real. I think between you know between ourselves and Braden and Davey from Poison Rana, we, we booked this out well in advance. People knew what they were getting for, mm. for the show. The card isn't a surprise at this time. It's Tony Khan fucked us over with his, like, fucking oh, one o'clock doors or whatever it is. Not one o'clock. It's like half three, you know? It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I, got, I got that email today from Ticketmaster, did you? I did. Our tickets still aren't available, are they? But we've been told <laughs> that the doors are going to be open for Wembley earlier, which means mm. we're, we are, our, show to, our show is going to be from 12 o'clock. Um, so come along anytime uh, from that point from from twelve. We'll probably be on stage from about one. Um, we've got we've got some stuff lined up, and the poison round lads have got some stuff round up. But we will definitely uh, have at least the stage side of things wrapped up in time for if people do want to leave early to uh, to get to Wembley to beat the uh, the queues. We will be done before uh, you know you need to uh, to get off for those three thirty oh. doors. Um, or if you want to hang around and have a pint, I'm go- I'm probably going to go to the show about ten to five. I'm not asked. Um, I'll be knocking around having a pint. You- so you can stick around still if you want. Um, well, you were kind of, well, you were kind of like, I go when when you go to a football game, I get in there effectively just before kickoff. That's the kind mm. of person I generally am. I don't uh, like it depends, you know. Sometimes I do like taking it in. Yeah, maybe I can understand that side of it. Depends on the members. circumstance, I suppose, for it as mm. much. But I would say it's very easy to get from the Trinity Bar to Wembley. That's something mm. that will be like pretty straightforward. It's not like that. The hellish days when I saw the Rolling Stones there, um, mm. which was just a fucking nightmare getting to and from like 94 mm. but this is like some you know in terms of us being there you know yeah have a have a point with us and we'll amble down like the cool kids getting in their last as i wander into the seat during the pre-show shaking my head in disgust <laughs> well on that note we will have as well um it's kind of like it's not an official announcement it's not even on a mm. we call it an official after party but if you are at a loss of uh something to do um after wembley um yes. and you're making your uh i'm sure people are making plans because of the fucked up trains which of course has happened of course there's a strike on saturday it's a rev pro show day so that's gonna happen but once you've figured out what you're doing and if you are one of the people who's worried that Tony Khan's going to kick us out of the, uh, the arena, the stadium, um, at like two minutes to 11, you're going to have an hour to get the 
YouTube. Just fuck it off and come back to Trinity with us. Um, I'll be around. We'll have a few pints. Davy and Braden have got a few things uh, organised as far oh. as uh, might even be a bit of karaoke. The uh, As we talked about in the pre-show, the Trinity website might be a little bit misleading. Seems to indicate there is an after-party for the WWF show at Wembley, which is a bit like if, if your mum or dad wrote a, a description of, like, I, I was just at my mum's for tea tonight, explaining to her what I'm doing at Wembley next week. Just, it was hard going. She'd probably yeah. tell him, mate, yeah, he's going to the WWF. Um, it's at Wembley. Uh, that's probably what she'd say. So that's what the description You know, that wrestling, is. the American <laughs> wrestling, another one. There's the Undertaker going to be that, yeah. The entire what culture video that bloke up on TikTok, it's that. It's that kind it, of stuff. It literally says that we love our friends at Trinity, but yeah, it says something like Does the Tatanka uh, still do it? No. <laughs> says something like the W the after party after the WWF show at uh, at Wembley. So we'll get that fixed up. Maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should leave it. It does uh, it's very complimentary about us as uh, as podcasters, but the the basic deal and you know, credit to the Poison Rana lads, they've uh, done the uh, the heavy lifting when it comes to uh, arranging uh, their Stavy and Braden. But yes, yeah, if you, if you You've been to our live show in the day, um, it'll be free entry. And if as a bonus, um, because we're nice like that, if you've just been to Wembley and you can prove you went to Wembley, um, the Trinity folks who are, who are really good people, I did a, a great chat with them when I when I was down there, have uh, said you'd be able to get in for free as well. So, yeah, free entry, um, and come and hang out with us until the uh, the early hours if you want to wait out, if you want to do the uh, you know, the old thing of waiting out the storm with a pint. Um, it's probably the best shout to be honest. I don't want to be stuck on there. Uh, on a tube for an hour getting back to my hotel. I'm just going to uh, knock back to Trinity in there. Yeah, the whole, let the bank whole holiday, world go over. Yeah. It's a bank holiday. Let cut loose about what you've seen for the previous seven and a half hours of this because mm. you're going to need to by the end of it. And you might just need the walk there, if nothing else, because your ass is going to be numb given the amount of time we're going to be expected to stay in those seats for. <laughs> you'll be up smoking you'll find a way you'll find a way out um at the, uh, the back uh, well, yeah. find, finding a way with it in is going to be the real challenge but you you let uncle jp work away about that uh, we go. JP's, yeah. JP's your man for any uh, any tips like that. So yeah, that's kind of the uh, the mini announcement, really. So yeah, if anyone's coming, and also we have had a couple of uh, people returning tickets on our uh, our Discord because of the yeah. travel issues. Um, we are sold out, and um, we do have a waiting list as well, which is uh, pretty yes. packed. But you know, if you were still wanting to uh, to come along, do shoot us a message or uh, post something in the Discord. You never know, we might be able to sort something out, and we'll uh, yeah. we'll endeavour to get as uh, as many people as we can in, despite uh, being sold out. So yeah, that's kind of uh, all. Lot of stuff going on, but yeah, what else have we been up to uh, this week, JP? We've been uh, doing uh, a million things. It's uh, it's all go as we uh, we go to, uh, towards all in, mate. It's mental. It's just the amount of stuff we've got going on the go uh, currently. Like last night, for example, we recorded the uh, deep cut. It was uh, King of the Mountain and King of the Discord. Uh, Conroy Lachlan, um, his deep cut choice, which was a cracking one, Christian in TNA, which I thoroughly enjoyed doing with you, and it made me kind of reevaluate lots of bits about him as well. And, you know, it's, it's interesting having like kind of a dive into TNA around that point of time, because there was hope there was a degree of optimism. Mm. It doesn't last long like precisely until <laughs> someone mentions, let's have a King of the Mountain match. And that's normally yeah. when things start to deteriorate very oh, I skipped, quickly. I skipped over that. Like that was the thing, like doing that show. I was I nervous, the end. if anything, because like I'm a bit Christian for guy now, 
but I definitely wasn't back in the day. But I remember the big news story and I remember it being a big deal. So, yeah, doing the whole, you know, Connor's always the man when it comes to putting to, uh, together the homework. But yeah. I was honestly pleasantly surprised by a lot of it. Like, there was stuff with uh, with Rhino I really enjoyed he'd done, stuff with Abyss. There was a, a, yeah. a home invasion angle, oh. is one of the greatest angles. Now that I've seen it, I would absolutely say it's one of the uh, the greatest angles I've, uh, I've ever seen. If you enjoyed the uh, the square, the swerve angle on a uh, on Dynamite the other week, um, this feels like it was its uh, precursor as a uh, Abyss and Alex Shelley, wasn't it? With the with the camera cutting Christine yeah. off his house, we got a through the keyhole tour of his house. We were there looking at his uh, his nice little water fountain that he has, a couple of nice features in the house, nice little pool as well. JP with a lovely right. cover on it, you know, we had the, yeah. uh, a big the chat about that as well. I don't even near the garden, do we? Mm. Oh, it, it, it was it was proper nose. It, it it does operate, and you said as you made the point of one one shot as well. Now mm. I don't know if they were if that's like a deliberate artistic choice they were trying to do. Alassane Mendes in 1917, I suspect not. But like, still at the same time, you're thinking like, fair fucks to them. But it was a cracking angle. Plus, you get to spy on his house. He has a water fountain in there, which seems to fuel the theory that you have to just to be a wrestler, you need to drink just shit tons of water. Mm. Like honestly, you, you like just to absolutely nail it. But yeah, that was a cracking show to do as well. I mean, oh, this week, oh, it, it's and because we, as you mentioned, we are the week before all in. We're kind of getting into all, the all in spirit. Mm. Let's see how long that tone lasts. Because um, <laughs> we're going to be doing all in um, and observe this uh, kind of special just in the build up to it. We're going to hope to be recording it this week. We are going to be doing um, also next, as you mentioned earlier on, Spotlight's going to be on Tuesday. So mm. um, we're going to be doing effectively uh, like an all-in week preview. So all the shows that are in around there as well. So for those of you who subscribe to the Patreon, and hopefully that the Spotify integration with Patreon is is kind of Seems worth to be working. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially we're in a bit of, of a beta stage with it with Patreon and, and Spotify right now. But mm. if you're someone who like who's never subscribed to the Patreon, um, and we up anyone who does, we always appreciate your uh, your support. Um but yeah, if if Patreon's interfaces put you off you still need to go there and sign up so that's a bit of a negative but the positive is you can link it to your spotify account now um, and all you do is you just once you've signed up no technical messing around you log into spotify you sync the two accounts and then yeah you can uh on your spotify you can literally get all of our patreon shows the feed itself um is a click away i'll put that in the uh in the show notes as well if you want to go through it that way just click the spotify link all our patreon shows are there and then when when you try and play one it'll ask you to uh, to link to patreon and uh, and sign up there but i know that's been popular with a few because uh you know spotify is probably the the way i mostly listen to uh, to stuff these days so yeah get, get on get on board with us there but either via the patreon or via spotify and yeah there'll be some uh, youtube stuff coming as well and now might be a good time to jump on as we have discussed with our, yes. with our patrons there might be a bit of a couple of changes with the uh, the pricing and the uh, and mm-hmm. the tiers coming up in the not too distant future so yeah if you're ever gonna sign up i would just say um now might be the one as well but yeah it's all all going on uh over there so yeah million things going on patreon.com slash grapple get all of that great stuff but yeah outside of that all in it next week look forward to that and yeah we'll all look forward to getting the uh as chris has reminded us in the chat there the uh the the great cocktail menu that uh the davy portman's put together oh. as well the, the boom the muscle buster the orange punch and the storms you know on the coffin drop uh which is what's that the crack and rum and cherry showers dropped in an yeah. energy drink 
uh, cherry sours, sorry. Uh, that sounds like a Will Cooling drink if I ever heard one. Um, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> we're all going to be pretty wasted next week is basically what we know, JP. I think so. I think I might be going a couple of those 585 ones, the boom and the muscle buster before moving on to the orange punch and the storm zero, which Jaffa Cake Rum, I mean, I think that has uh, William Cooling, like you said, written all over it for that one. But, yeah, it'd be really good fun. Um, like, I hope... Uh, all of you who are able to come along and, and, and see us at all in it, uh, which, you know, all roads lead to there, uh, are able to, to join us for the after party for some of those well, drinks as well. But yeah. That's it. Come hang out. Come see our uh, lovely faces, not just on the YouTube, where you can uh, hey, also watch this podcast. In real life and everything. That's it. Free day. There you go. When I met you <laughs> last week, when I went to Watford, you were like, you got taller. I was like, no, mate, you just see me on a screen most of the time. I know. <laughs> I was like, fucking hell, have I shrunk or something? Like, What's going on? Is there a Benjamin Button effect going on? Now I'm getting older, but bloody hell, I don't need that happening in my life. Uh, maybe I am. Maybe I'm getting taller with age. But yeah, you can see us all in uh, in mm-hmm. 3D. But yeah, that's enough plugs for uh, for one week, JP. Let's yes. get into the uh, stuff we're going to talk about this week. And because the obvious thing we're going to talk about, JP, is that it's, uh, it's the week before All In. So, you know, all ends next week. Let's uh, get hyped. Um, let's, uh, no, no, maybe <laughs> not. Um, <laughs> I feel like we got our Venom out on the weekend show. So, yes. clip of that on the, on the YouTube page where we uh, maybe angle, <laughs> angrily reacted to some uh, some news yeah. stories out there. I think maybe we've moved from anger to acceptance. You might get a bit more of a mature um, JP and, uh, and Benno today yeah. uh, because we are, no, we are grown ups who can, uh, can act like grown ups. Uh, when they be, but unfortunately, AEW's biggest show ever has been shunted back to the to the back of the uh, the page when it comes to the uh, the news cycle. <laughs> As uh, yeah, there is uh, other matters going on at, at AEW. The uh, again, the week before their biggest show ever. As we're all just talking about CM Punk again um, and the drama and the backstage nonsense. I was at a train back before trying to catch up on uh, on everything that was uh, that was going on. JP, I don't even know. Where to start with it? Um, Punk taken after Collision this week, which was all right. I can't imagine we're going to spend a lot of time on Collision this week. It was a decent little show. Um, mm. Again, most of the daily thing was that, unfortunately, Punk, uh, despite having you know a relatively lukewarm program with Samoa Joe, that got heated up a little bit on Collision. You know, good, uh, you know, productive uh, work when it comes to uh, to heating up the feud uh, between him and the uh, the heel he's already beat a few weeks ago in a throwaway uh, tournament match that they definitely uh, knew they were going to be wrestling at Wembley at when they uh, when they planned that. Um, anyway, you know, he's got that feud going on. You know, there was stuff going on with Bullet Club Gold. That's gone a bit, you know, cold. He still keeps calling himself the real world's champion um, and taking shots at MJF, but, you know, that put that on the back burner as well. Uh, obviously, there's the Ricky Starks issue as well, because, you know, Ricky Starks is, uh, you know, cut a killer promo to open a collision. Um, when we eventually get to talk about the contents of collision, I will uh, be putting that over. But no, 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 he didn't have anything to say about uh, Ricky Starks. Instead, after the show, he saw a fan sign and decided to have a go a hangman out on page because uh, that's the one member of the elite he's allowed to have a go at I think is uh, mm. reading between the lines um, as yeah Punk was uh, talking about uh, what, did, what did they call mod is it his action figures were still on the uh, still on the pegs or something still like on the that. pegs like, a peg kind warmer of lost, called him the peg warmer and lost his way lost his train of thought as he was saying it 
I mean, there's been multiple news stories that's come out since because what it did was created a landslide of of stories of like, oh, by the way, also Hangman Page was uh, supposed to appear um, at a at, at a, a, a collision or not even on the show, but to record a pre-tape, but got to the uh, got to the at least the town, maybe the building, depending on the report you believe, and was uh, was told no, and uh, he had to go to another location to record his promo. We then got uh, even more kind of uh, stories about that. With uh, I'm only I refuse to only call, to call him anything other than Dolph Ziggler Jr. Um, that fucking <laughs> nubhead. <laughs> he got turned away apparently from uh, from Collision because of issues with Punk. We've had more detail come out on that today via uh, PW Torch. Various rumors of Matt Hardy um, claiming to, that the same thing had happened to him. Uh, Christopher Daniels was one that a name that uh, that they've melted throughout there today. As somebody who, despite being head of talent relations was not allowed to attend collision anymore because of his beef with punk. It's a fucking shit show, JP. Like sloppy shop doesn't sum it up today. Obviously there's been some pushback as to you know which parts of that those stories are uh, are true today and which parts uh, maybe are a little bit uh, exaggerated, but you know, if any of that is true. Like and we oh. know the one that we do know is true. Is the punk promo on Hangman Page like that's bad enough? Like, I mean, yeah. if punk, if punk can't, like, I love you know me, I love CM Punk, he's my favorite wrestler ever. But if he can't concentrate on one of the fucking four feuds he's building right now and he has to, has to just take some shots at Hangman Page for a match that isn't happening anytime soon, like his head's in the wrong place as well. It's just a mess on all sides this today. Absolute shit show, and it kind of goes to it feels like. All of the issues with AEW that have been bubbling to the surface are all coming through, and it, it all comes under this sort of big banner of ill discipline, really, doesn't it? First up on CM Punk. I mean, I know in a very world of simplistic narratives, it's easy to position people in this sort of ridiculously tribal way that you're either pro-elite or pro-punk, and there's no in-between. We have happily said that CM Punk is an arsehole. Mm. All of this behaviour is never stuff that kind of makes you deviate away from that. That's that's who he is. He is this kind of person. And he's taken the piss. And he's taken the piss because he, he can take the piss. And he knows that there really isn't going to be any serious repercussions. Why? Because to a certain extent, he still realises he holds the key to a potential billion-dollar deal in a very movable media landscape. He knows the leverage he has. That's why he does this stuff. He knows how far he can push it. So he's going to push it, and he doesn't give two shits. And it's just like he sees any – he just goes, I'm just going to work my own storyline. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what you're telling me that I should be doing. This is what I am going to go ahead and do. And what are they going to do about it? And it's going to be absolutely nothing other than kind of work around it. I mean, we will, Shaz, one of our patrons, had always uh, like kind of had it right when she just sat, had him down as a messy bitch. And a messy, he is the messiest of bitches. There's no getting around it. Uh, but this is, this is what he's like. This is the kind of person he's like. And, and, you know, it's, it's difficult because as I think I've made clear, like, you know, I've, not a fan necessarily of the way that the elite kind of behave and their attitude towards their job necessarily within the company. But CM Punk is kind of insistent on just shit stirring and always kind of doing it. And it doesn't matter what you tell him to stop. He is not going to stop doing it. I mean, the hangman page stuff is completely needless and unnecessary. I if think it, if, he if knows it was that, a, 
The subsequent yeah. reports that have come out today, Nick Haldeman specifically said that he regrets it, you know, different reports on whether he's uh, apologised or not. Um, I think he sees that at least. At least he's, that's growth, is it not? <laughs> that's personal could, growth, maybe? He could try not doing it in the first place. That yeah, would be a yeah. start. It's all very well apologising after you've robbed the bank, but you still shouldn't have robbed the bank in the first place. I'm not saying he's robbed a bank. Just a shit analogy. But yeah. Like the hangman page stuff is neat. Now, if you told me if this was a match we were getting it all out and it's just like, right, we'll scrap everything else. We're having a rematch of that. I'd be like, fucking get in. That's a proper match with big stars and a big program for hangman page. I'll be perfectly happy with that. But the other stuff regarding like Ryan Nemeth and, and Matt Hardy. Oh, is that a thing? That, yeah. Apparently so. I mean, to be fair, it's pretty, I, I make jokes, but it is pretty ugly. Like the situation. Yeah. Because basically if you want the, the cliff notes that he called, you know, he called Punk out um, when Punk... Softest uh, man alive. Yeah, called him the softest man alive. That was the quote. And then, yeah, first night back, Punk apparently cornered him. Um, and it all, it all got very heated. And it is quite ugly, to be fair, because, like... It is. As much as he's a useless member of the roster, like, when you are a useless member of the roster and CM Punk is the biggest merchandise-shifted star, then there's quite the uh, the power imbalance there, isn't there? And the fact that he, uh, he hasn't been on TV, I mean, it's like, to be honest, it's like Cocobana. Like he's not exactly a person I'm crying isn't on TV, and it's not actually exactly a cause I'm going to fight for. But at the same time, you know, um, he's not going to win that battle, is he? Um, and the fact that he's, you know, it looks like it is true that he's uh, he's been called to collision, um, presumably to do ROH stuff, and then when he's got there, he's been turned away um, yeah. because of these outstanding issues. I think the bigger one that came out today is like the Christopher Daniels one. I was shocked at that one. Um, I suppose that's just life, though, isn't it? You know, people just because they were friends in 2004 doesn't mean they're still going to be friends uh, to this day, especially in the uh, the world of CM Punk. That's the thing. That's the unforgivable thing there. Like whatever that issue is, and you can see it from both sides. Like that's the that's the report. You know that we're getting with Dick Housman adding on, with Wade Keller adding on from the Torch. It sounds like what has happened as well. You know, a steel is in a around around the collision. Therefore, you know, Christopher Daniels, he was around the brawl out and was involved. You know, I think in the punk camp's view, he shouldn't be allowed backstage at a, a collision in that case, which is where you get into the tit to tat embarrassing stuff. But that's where Tony Khan comes in, doesn't it? That's like, yes. if the fucking, if the elite being EVPs is sheriff badges, what's been head of talent relations and not being allowed to go to the second biggest show the company runs every single week because you've got beef with a, with an active wrestler. Why does the active wrestler have the power to dictate that that's going to happen if that's the case? Or why is Tony Khan, if it's not coming from CM Punk, you know, and I'm sure we'll get the, you know, like like Dave Meltzer said today, we're going to get the uh, the denial like we did with the, uh, the Cabana stuff. Why is Tony Khan allow how can your head of talent relations do his job effectively if you're kowtowing to a wrestler he's got beef with and not having him yep. in the building like that sums that up too doesn't it that is absolute that one's unforgivable it's sad and it's just it is. ridiculous isn't it like ah that's a that's a sloppy shop it is it's a completely it's a completely sloppy shop and i think everything feels very much like interconnected together here because you've got like there's so many people at fault but like whether it be obviously CM Punk for just simply who he is, the kind of person that he is, the fact that, you know, isn't some of the reasons that he sent them back apparently to do with the fact that Ace Steel wasn't allowed. But and it's just like, we still yeah. fight in that battle, are we, Phil? Fucking hell. Like, do you want to give that a rest? Like, Jesus Christ. But that's, that's think, what, but 
so so like today like uh, michael sidgwick who's uh one of the uh, the lads over at, uh, at what culture today like, like he's like like me um he gets a lot of uh the same uh americans and his replies giving him grief but he said that today it was like you know at the end of, oh yeah so a, a like does that not just sum aw up you know he, he was making like a, a joke about it being like well you know this is this this isn't a company then that lives it lives what in a permanently permanent state of uneasy compromise that's what it feels like yeah. it is we're yeah, like and that you can see that right down to the all-in cards because it's like well we can't have ftr in the books without giving something back to that crew because that crew are going to be annoyed that they don't get to work a match with their friends, the Dark Order. So therefore, we've got to give them Jay White. Therefore, that might upset things on Collision with Punk's crew. And it's still, it's like that. It's still mm. like that. And we're seeing, I think what we saw today with that Punk promo is all of that stuff is bubbling to the surface and it's yeah. showing the ugly side of things. And when you've got a messy bitch like Punk in the middle of it, like, yeah, that this is what it is right now at AEW. And it doesn't help when you got Kendall Roy in charge of the in charge of the whole business, isn't it? Oh, we were watching the video in the pre-show of him dancing, yeah. jumping up and down because that was that was the big smoking gun in in Wade Keller's report today in the uh, exclusively Adam PW torch was that when Punk came back, um, apparently Tony Khan was on headset starting to see him Punk chant, and the rest of the like the company just kind of looked at him like what the f- well wait well, there's nothing down for us then <laughs> if this is happening like then that clip that somebody posted today is literally you know Tony in the in the middle of a ring bouncing up. And down chanting for CM Punk, like he couldn't be a bigger CM Punk fanboy. It's oh, but it's, it's a mess. The perception at the minute of the company, and this is where we get into the bigger company wide stuff, and I'm sure it'll mm. tie into all in as, as well about that. Is that and it's the impression that the company it's the inmates are running the asylum, and effectively mm. it's run by children. Mm. And there is degrees of blame to go around to everyone. Punk's mm. blame is kind of necessary. I happen to think it's part of this is him lashing out at what he can see as a culture that has been allowed to kind of persist. And we've seen this now. We've been following this company. I was thinking about this today since day one, even pre-day one. We're going to be talking about all ins. That's necessarily like before the genesis that is forms ultimately the genesis of the company. And we've watched them where they had a lot of unproven talent and the booking was kind of messy, but it was lively and it was different. And it was people mm. we didn't see on that kind of big stage in there as well. And it's grown in terms of talent, like to quite a ridiculous degree to the stage where I think at this point it is, it's become quite bloated and this has happened kind of under his watch and all of these backstage issues you mentioned about, we can't have this match and we can't have this match. And we can only have interactions here that's directly affecting the TV. That's the thing that's really coming through in this. We are not getting, we, and this is the problem with AEW. We don't get a sense of finality because we don't get the big matches because some people don't like the finishes in those big matches. What the fuck is going on? That is WCW stuff. That's WCW. That's what that is, where you can't, where you've seceded all sense of creative control. And there isn't a firm hand on the till there at all. And, it's grown adults here and it is incredibly fucking childish. And I'm at the point now where I'm kind of like, and you would have got this impression obviously, because I had a couple of pints when I recorded it on Friday. Well, I've, I'm sober today, but I'm still pissed off at them. Yeah. We've invested and a lot of wrestling fans, but that's a lot of time and energy in this, in this kind of company to be something different. And what we found is, is that very, very quickly 
it, it's the place where a lot of things might be teased or it could be potentially possible, but it can't happen because they don't want to work with them. And that's no way to run a company. And every booker has had to deal with this. Every promoter has had to deal with this in their in their companies. Now, the ones who have the firm hand on the till, who you knew Vince McMahon, for all of the evil years, you knew who was in charge. You And what he said happened, effectively, as Bret Hart found out in, in 1997, but like in Montreal. With but, exceptions, though. There yes, was Sean, are you going to use the Brett example then? Surely yeah. Sean is punk. <laughs> like, like, and he had his way with Vince. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like when we go down that road of using Vince Probably as an example. But, like, but there it's gone to it. Like It's actually been happening for a while in AEW. It feels yeah. like we've not had certain matches because of these. And this is also spilling into a billion dollar TV deal, which mm. hasn't been signed. Is you know they've got. Don't get me wrong. I, I think there's things about you know and they say they're going to be being close, but we don't know what the effect of this overall strike is going to have on the revenues for Warner Brothers Discovery. And they decide to cut back as a result of this strike. We don't know this kind of stuff. They might view it as even more valuable because it's content in an era which is kind of strike proof. But the point there is, it goes. We are not having the fight, the storylines that we have wanted. We know what the big money matches are. They're the things that bring everything around. And we're not getting them because of a lot of this stuff. And it's because Tony Khan doesn't have a firm hand on the till. And now people are going out and they're kind of just like taking the piss, frankly, with the stuff they're suggesting. Whereas she'd be saying, no, you wrestle them. That's what's going to happen. I run the company. I'm the booker. Like, and there isn't any of this stuff. It doesn't feel like there's organization. I've banged on for ages about infrastructure. That comes onto the writings. There was a good piece by James in Discord um, today where he was just talking about all of these things that are wrong with the company, where the booking tropes, when they got rid of this ranking system, which I know people didn't really like, but at least it gave some kind of structure. Now we just have battle royals and endless tournaments. And like lazy booking, like this stuff has been creeping in for a while. And I've sensed this. And all in, which you know, the backdrop I've got for the video viewers on here is of the of the attendance they're going to be beating. This is the one that WWE WrestleMania 32 at the AT and T Stadium in, outside of Dallas is the one they claim they've got a hundred thousand for. In fact, mm. just over eighty thousand. They're going to be overtaking this, and it feels like we're not even like they're not even remotely ready for this. And if I'm going to, you know, again, next week. It's yeah. next week. Next week. <laughs> Same thing. Like, and we're talking about this. We're talking. I, cause, cause that, I mean, just to rewind of that before we get into all in, like, you know, we're talking about Punk, who, like, I'm definitely sim- more sympathetic to his point of view. Like, he should be in a program with Hangman Page. He should be in a program with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, or just Kenny Omega. Like, those things should be happening, you know. And I think there's a lot of things he's saying that are right, you know, about, about I, these guys and, and the way they deal with things. Do you think the issue with the Bucks, and this is me completely hypothesizing, I was thinking about it, I was like going, why is there the kind of resentment? And there'd be the thing about him wrestling his mates. How much money do you reckon he was making off merchandise in WWE? Mm. What do you reckon that is like now with the way the merchandise is organized in AEW? How much of a drop-off do you think that is? I reckon he's pissed off. Mm. And he looks at them, and it's the perfect example where it's not being run right, but it directly is linked to the EVPs, of whom by the way, I've got from uh, Indeed.com, everyone's favourite job hunting website, a definition of what an executive vice president is. This may not be the time to kind of 
chuck it into the mix on here, but to supervise the employees below their rank and ensure all business activities contribute to company growth. That's not even something that they're interested in doing because it doesn't feel like like there has to be, like with mediation and resolution, a degree of people coming together and having a conversation about it. And they're not. And effectively, we're not getting a mega punk because they're not having the conversation. And let's be honest, if we look about where they are in terms of five years, I look at like the Bucks as the most disposable part of the elite from AEW. Like I really we just do. gave them like 10 million to stay, you know, whatever the number was. Why? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like I've, they have but- to be press ganged into matches and stuff like that. And that's not, that kind of stuff has been going on for a long time as well within that. And I think these are all the things. And because CM Punk is a prick, you put all these other things under the surface of a company not being run particularly well. And I imagine he views a lot of the wrestlers there going there. I'm not saying CM Punk's motives are all, pure of heart and everything else. He wants to make money, but I'm assuming he wants to make money in the way by having the biggest matches that get the biggest pay-per-view buy rates, which end up ensuring he gets bigger deals and everything else. And they're actively not doing that. Why would people yeah. pay money for this show other than to have a look at what a full Wembley stadium is like? And, yeah. and MJF Adam Cole, to be fair. But really, you, you kind of look at them as a company and you look at the way they're booking and everything else, and it just feels like, nah, there's... They had that reset first time around with the stuff, and I felt that was leading towards Cody Rhodes going, which was when effectively Tony Khan took charge of the booking. So we actually just need a firm direction in hand. You've won. Well, that's what's missing. There is no hot, hot firm that because this is the thing. That's I, the thing. They need, I, a, I, I, they need um, a cunt to use that word again in charge. That's what they need. I like. I'm not. I'm not as far gone as you with some of this stuff because I agree with Punk in in a lot of ways. I think he's. I think his attitude to wrestling, I think, is more what mine would be. Let's all just fucking wear together and make some money. Or, mm. you know, when it comes to, like, you know, what the program should be, I imagine, you know, his ideas are probably a bit more serious as far as, like you said, they're drawing money and, and real programs and the books and Kenny and that seem to just want to work with the mates. And, it, it, you know, I, I agree with them there. But the problem is that, like, it's the way he goes about it. Like this, again cutting this Hangman Page promo like it was some kind of solution or he's going to work his way into a feud when there's all in to sell next week. Like, that's too yeah. important. There's all out to sell as well, to be honest. We don't. We didn't need the news cycle to be concentrating nope. on, like, these stupid issues again. Like, God help them next week when they're all under one roof again. Yeah, like, like Matty said they're in the chat with, a, you know, with a, with a Dynamite and Collision being taped together and then they're all going to be it all in. I saw that joke today on Twitter. Maybe the lack of a announcements and and a clear plan for all ins because we're going to see you know how the fight goes backstage at all in before we decide uh you know who's actually going to be booked on all out it's a fucking you know it's a powder keg right now and the the biggest part of it is that like whichever side you're on and i think maybe we're more sympathetic to the punk point of view than we are like the the books and kenny point of view but you know i do mm-hmm. There's a part of me that kind of thinks, well, this is the way he's going to go about business. I can kind of understand, you know, why a handman pay, he just stays silent. He's the smartest man in all of this. He doesn't get involved in any of it. And he lets Punk embarrass himself because that's what he's done. You know, today he's pretty much embarrassed himself. And to the point where if CM Punk has to do an apology, that tells you everything. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter whose side is right or whatever. It's the overall, and it's the mess that this is allowed to happen. It's the fact that whether you think Punk's right or wrong, he's enabled by the fact that Tony Khan's going to back him over his head of talent relations. Like that shows somebody who's learnt nothing 
from sitting there next to him yeah. all out last year at the presser and while Punk was uh, was doing you know doing his uh, doing his rant. Like that shows you that nothing's really changed and this day probably was always coming. And it's a it's a layup for the people who hate Punk, who don't think he's worth it. We love Collision. We love the more serious edge Punk's programs get when we decide mm-hmm. which one we're doing. You know, we can see the money on the table as far as shows go. But the people on the other side are probably rubbing their hands together today because he's playing right into their hands. And, yeah, you know, it feels like we've learnt nothing since Brawl Out. And that's where we are now. Again, the week before their biggest show ever. And what's the chances of there being another Brawl Out type situation mm. next week? You know, we're, <laughs> we're not far away. Well, even before then, because they, they're doing the double taping. I'm sure at some mm. stage they're going to need to go for a piss. And if they're mm. not, haven't got one directly there with them, then, you know, if they're not in that that kind of, you know, locker room, there's a good chance they might, I don't know, be out, meet up and have some water or something like that. They're going to bump into each other. But it's a, it's a fucking shit show, mate. And again, yeah, like you say, it's like we're not, the gripes that I would have with like the elite, in essence, mm. in terms of, the job they've done as EVPs, or I say the non-job they've done as EVPs, he, he just provides them fuel to the fire of just being this very difficult asshole to kind of work with. Mm. However, I'm sure if he was able to, which he isn't, just to kind of say, okay, these are my issues with the way the company's run. There'd probably be some fair points in it, but it always gets lost because, like you say, he'll do this, he'll he'll turn the news cycle into something which becomes like an the endless psychodrama of Phil Brooks, which after a while, even for us, clickbait merchants, like we find that like it gets fucking tiresome after a while. It's like, can you just act grown up and actually have the matches so we can talk about this like killer fucking feud that's compelling TV. And Mm. it feels for the first time, like a lot of this stuff coming to the surface is now directly impacting kind of like what we watch on a weekly basis, how it's put together. And then that's where I get like red flag fire warnings of like, this is stuff that WCW did like, and this was meant to be the company that didn't fall into that trap. This was the company where you study the observer newsletter and we all studied it. We all knew the faults of what went wrong with WCW and we wouldn't have done any of those things. And he's just, you look at it and go, well, it's, that was an inmates running the asylum place. This is very much an inmates running the asylum type place. Mm. And 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 the amount of kind of leaks and everything else, it's it's rather than complaining about the leaks, why are these leaks happening? What is the culture and atmosphere backstage? The idea of a tighter ship on collision has been something that we've always agreed with, and there are ways and means of doing it, getting into people's faces, shouting at them, to people with no kind of leverage as well. So it is bullying. Like, like what kind of fucking example are you setting fundamentally? Hmm. Well, you say clickbait, and you say what we should be talking about, and what we should be talking about on that note <laughs> is the fact that this company has passed eighty thousand tickets out for all in next week. Eighty thousand, like you said, the WrestleMania behind you, and I'm not having this. You see a lot of bollocks peddled about that having a hundred thousand people there, or even oh, eighty-five thousand. No, <laughs> it's getting past this week. Because we're, we're getting to the point now where there are days where 700 tickets or so are getting shipped. Is that because matches are starting to get announced? Is that because the advertising's getting better? Is it just because it's getting closer and people are making yeah. decisions on whether they're going to go? You know, 
this is an overwhelming success, you know, as far as uh, far as numbers go. You know, our friends at, at Wrestle Tickets are the ones who've been uh, tracking it. You know, eighty four thousand is the uh, the possible mm-hmm. uh, setup uh, we've got currently, but I'm sure they could uh, they could play with that. That's probably why we uh, we all haven't had our tickets sent out yet. But like eighty thousand has cost eighty thousand seven hundred nine is the WrestleMania thirty two record. So I mean. Yeah, they're going to sell another, you know, seven seven hundred tickets or so. It's going to be, it's going to be passed. I mean, that's happening um, regardless. Like, we should be talking about this gigantic success yep. that's coming up next week from a business point of view. From a, you know, just the fact that a company, like I said before, I was at my mum's today and I was like, oh, I'm going to the to the wrestling, you know, at uh, at Wembley. Oh, the WWF, no, <laughs> AEW. It's this other fucking company, you know, and and they've somehow done this. You know what I mean? Like, we should be talking about that because that's what's coming up and it doesn't i just saw steph did a tweet about it like doesn't feel at all like it's next week like it doesn't no. at all and i, I you know I, don't, I get there's a a few hours of awtv uh before we, we get there and i would push back on that because that's a that's a common thing i've been getting um in my tweets since we recorded that video for the weekend show on friday where we uh we got a bit angry oh benno there's loads of tv left for you to you know to get excited about what's going on there's this there's x many hours that's a that's a favorite thing people like to throw out it's like well no actually no because from our point of view, as British people, like Dynamite and Collision, yeah, they're 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 on this week. But with the delays, by the time the pay per view happens next week, you might barely get Dynamite in if you if you are one of the hundreds of thousands of people who watch it on TV. But Collision won't even air in this country next week, so they really haven't got that amount of time left. Like really to get this going, this is almost for the UK. This is kind of our go home week, and does it feel like it at all, JP? Nope. Doesn't feel like it in the slightest. I mean, and it ties into my general level of enthusiasm with the card. As I said earlier on, I think I'm I'm actively annoyed about this build because, you know, the thing, when this show was announced, I'm sorry to bang on to this point again, and I won't labour it as much. We've slept now. We're, we're, we're you know, we got, we're, yeah. we, can, we can talk about it in a reasonable way, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. It was, but the <laughs> way a bit of the fume we gave you on Friday. Is it was going to be a WrestleMania because guess what? Behind me, that image, this is what a WrestleMania looks like. It's a sold-out, massive stadium show in an iconic venue as well, in Wembley Stadium, a place that you have you have to be big in order to sell it out. And they're at that stage, you know, like they really are. They're at that fucking point. It's, you know, it's big. Sp- I don't even know if the Rugby League sold it out this weekend, mm-hmm. Challenge Cup. You know, that's popular popular enough around the country as well. But you look at like where this is going, like, you know, SummerSlam 92, while people, what that did is that established WWE in this country as like a cultural force. It was the time when the American wrestling, even though it was on Sky and Sky was a minority channel and it wasn't on ITV, like, like World of Sport wasn't and WCW afterwards. It was a big fucking deal, and people thought it was a big deal, and it went into the kind of zeitgeist. All In had the chance to do that. If it had been on free TV, something that was only as a hodgepodge now, so I would put it on pay-per-view, which is an enormous disappointment, because if it had been on TV and you'd seen it, it's like there's an event going on at Wembley, it's live, and there's going to be 80-odd thousand people there. There'll be people who casually have a look and wonder why does something like this sell out a stadium in this way? And they would have given it a chance. And they're not doing that at all. Like there's part of me expecting, I'm expecting disappointment, 
not only in the card, I'm expecting disappointment if I want to buy a fucking T-shirt. I'm expecting disappointment <laughs> on perhaps even the entrance ways. Have they got the idea of the scale and the scope of this? And it's not feeling like a WrestleMania that treated this like this is any other show, which recently has been, we're going to bullshit the booking effectively to two weeks beforehand and the great wrestlers will bail us out. And that's not good enough because a lot of the times the great wrestlers aren't willing to actually wrestle each other, which it goes back to the original problem as we brought up on there. So this is mm. all fucking awful. Yeah. And the reason singles matches and stuff are important, if you look at a WrestleMania card, it's meant to be the finality of things, of big stories accumulating together now over two days, but even over one. WrestleMania? Summer, Wrestle Summer Kingdom? Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom? Leave WWE yeah. out of it? Like Wrestle Kingdom? A big show? Maybe not Triple Mania. We'll talk about Which that. It doesn't later. draw. It's like nearly three. You know, it'd be three times less as many people probably at Wrestle Kingdom. If you imagine it's around thirty thousand or so, and this is going to be closer to ninety. But yeah, there isn't even any sense of that, and it does feel like they viewed it in the we take the money and run, and you go, well, you suffer for that. I'm not saying we're ending up with finger poke of doom, but to remember that was in a big fucking stadium show as well. And you can massively disappoint people and you're not likely to have people coming back and certainly traveling to it as well. And it's the idea is this is the only time they're never going to be able to run a stadium show in the States, the state they're in and what they're drawing at the moment. I don't think they ever, I don't think they're ever going to be in that position. Like the way things currently are at the moment, it's hard to see that, but yeah. And here they've done it and they've just gone. Yeah. Fine. It's, it feels like it's just another show to the wrestlers, to be honest, for the most part. It feels like it's just another show. It's incredibly it disappointing. Like, where that pushback on what you were saying before, like, I, 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 I'm bullish still on this being good. And that's not I think a, it'd be good on the day, but. That's the thing. And people not long think lasting. Are, no legacy. People, people think they're beating me in an argument when that comes up. Like, the amount of replies I've had, like, of people whenever I brought. The, the obvious issues that are rolling. Anyone with a brain can see the obvious issues. And the two most common replies I get is, what do you expect? AEW always do this. Well, AEW don't always run Wembley in front of 80,000 people. Like, this is special, or at least it should be. The other pushback I always I keep getting is, yeah, but, you know, it'll be a good show on the night. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you with the galaxy brain take that the the good wrestlers that work for AEW, guess what? When you put them in matches, they're going to have good matches. We all know that. The great wrestlers who are going to have great matches. The the other thing about this that, that's going to, you know, on the day is going to save them is that the presentation, the fact that we're there, it, there's 80,000 of us there, 80,000 of like what will be an extremely lively crowd, you know? I don't get patriotic for much and I'm not really in general, but you know British crowds are fucking good, even oh, down yeah. to the promotions we don't like. You know, there's always, you know, the, the atmosphere is always better over here. Was that Money in the Bank, you know, last month and it was, you know, it was incredible. Go back to TNA, WCW, whoever's come over here has always been met with a great atmosphere. This is going to be one of the all-time atmospheres at a show, there isn't a chance, like, I I agree with the haters on this one, so you can't throw this back at me. There isn't a chance we're going to go there and have a bad time because mm. it's going to be an amazing spectacle. And the and again, this isn't a defense of Tony Khan, but basically it's hard to fail with this roster of wrestlers. Like, within reason, if the, the wrestlers that are on this show are pretty much on there in any, any jumbled order, if CM Punk was in a six man, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't, there would still be good matches because these are good wrestlers who are going to give you good matches. 
But what's getting missed from that is like we've lost the chance for this to be treated as special and good matches will give us a good show on the night. But what this could have been was something with stakes, something that was important, something that could have been built to. Because, like, you know, we got hung up a lot on announce the card, announce the card, announce the card. You still see that, and we're, you know, it's next week. Um, and we're, we're still, you know, kind of hearing that, you know, where, where is the rest of the cards? But it was never even just about that. And I think maybe we got lost in that a little bit because mm. there is merit to that because it's your biggest show ever and you probably should get your ducks in a row. And I'm sorry, Americans, no, it isn't an excuse that he always does this, but again, it's your biggest show ever. It probably should have been an exception, but it wasn't even about an ounce of the card. I think if the, if we knew there was a card, it would have at least shown us that there was a coherent, long-term plan to put together the biggest show AEW have ever done. And we know that that's not what this is. There are no major programs coming to a head. None. Maybe FTR in the books because they've managed to heat that heat that up out of nowhere on a few weeks' notice because of you know the the, the goodwill that comes with uh, with that rivalry. You know, MJF and Cole's going to be chapter one of whatever it is, and then there's there's all the nice stuff on the show. They're going to try and heat up Punk and Joe, mm. Multiman's whatever. But it it wasn't ever really about have you announced an exact card five weeks out? It was just showing there was a plan and a purpose of putting your main... Like, is it... I've said that a million times this weekend, JP. Is it too much to ask for your main event top guys to be a main event top guy stuff against each other that's coming to a head here? You've had six months to plan it. You haven't had the last couple of weeks to put this together. And the fact that this card has so clearly been mixed around and jumbled back up and reorganized and things split off to all out in the last couple of weeks shows that it's true that there hasn't been forethought and a long-term plan for their biggest show ever. Instead, and maybe this is, JP, the, uh, the acceptance stage that I'm at now. Like, we were in the anger stage on Friday. Yeah. But instead, you know what we're getting? We're getting a nice little afternoon pay-per-view that isn't in prime time in America. That's going to yeah. be a nice little pay-per-view that doesn't give away too much that they can save for all out. That will be a spectacle because the audience are going to provide you that spectacle and it's going to have some good matches, but it's going to be a nice little afternoon show. And the all out show that's the week after it's on pay-per-view in prime time. We need to keep that strong. And in a way, that's almost, you know, it's it's absolutely, in fact, not even almost an equal focus, if not more a focus. And that's what's happened because this show that we keep saying, JP, it was sold. The reason they sold 80,000 tickets, it was sold as an occasion. It was sold as the biggest wrestling show ever. We as British people understand what it means to be in Wembley Stadium for 80,000 people to go to. And it built itself on that. And that's what the tickets were sold on, and that's not what we're getting now. What we're getting is a nice little pay per view that's going to be on a on a, yeah. a Saturday afternoon in, in America, and then we're going to be on to all out the week after, and it's going to be like, oh, wasn't that great? That spectacle weren't those UK fans great? And uh, weren't the matches fun? Because they're going to be fun. They're going to mm. be good matches. These are good wrestlers, but it's not going to be the peak of the promotion like it could have been. The peak of a load of rivalries. The the thing that you can show for years as far as footage goes. It's none of that. It's not their WrestleMania. It's not their Wrestle Kingdom. It's just another AEW pay per view, if not a couple of notches below that. Yeah, that's where it is. It's it's not the comedy. It, yeah. It, this is feels very much like on parity with Forbidden Door in terms of like yeah, how it feels that's very gonna, Forbidden Door in a lot of ways. Yeah. In a lot of ways. 
the builds generally quite messy. This one, they did a better job, but even then, what was it? It was like what looked like backstage video packages of Sonata challenging Jungle Boy or whatever it is, you know, that, that kind mm. of stuff. And, you know, like the reason why we, you know, it, it, for example, the appearances, when you see a Kenny Omega singles match, because you don't get that many of them, they should be at special occasions. If this isn't a special occasion, then what is? Mm. What is well, the biggest crowd you'll ever work in? So a slightly tapered off United Centre, because there's no way it's doing like the, the proper sellout. There's no mm. way. We're not getting that. You're going to get it like the, the entrance way moved, you know, moving towards the centre, pushing the ring more over to one side of it. You're still going to have the black tarpaulin and stuff like that around it as well. And that's viewed as more important. And it's like this would have, this was their way, it should have been, of saying we can do what you do. We just actually have better matches in order to be able to do it because guess what? We've been collecting the collection, the greatest collection of sort of young in-ring talent that you can around the world. It's generally what I'd say that they have. Mm. And to be honest, are they using them? Are these like, I'm not going to bang. Trios matches are fun for house shows. They're house show matches, how they feel. Or if you're building towards a series of single matches or with a tag team as well, you use them in the way that New Japan does, but they're very much undercard kind of fodder. Here, this is where the big stars are being positioned. These are the matches that should have been used to build, let's say, Kenny Omega. I mean, even Kenny Omega versus Kanosuke Takeshita would have made sense here, but instead of all out, like, why? Is that going to drive... We're using WrestleMania to build backlash? Right? Using as, WrestleMania as a, a to build backlash? Made that That's what yeah. this is? It is, and it's yeah. insulting to us because it does feel like, well, they've taken the money and run. You're not getting mm. a 10 million gate in the States. Even with their cut of pay-per-view, they're not going to be getting anywhere close to this at the United Center. So why is that the fucking priority? Like, yeah. it's bad. Like, it is. And these things, like, you're not going to have that same level of enthusiasm. They go, yeah, it was fun, but is it going to make new fans? No. Mm-hmm. Has there been, like, it's, yeah, you put some adverts on buses. Why weren't you using ITV as your fucking business partner to say, can we get some of our wrestlers on? Why wasn't that stuff happening? A lot of pieces down. aren't in place. The fact yeah. that it's even a pay per view, the fact that like and like I say, it's cheaper. That, so feels cheaper compared to all yeah. that. Well, it, well, that's the thing, and the fact that like yeah, it's you know that's the other pushback you get a lot. Well, they got to they got to worry about all out plastic. No, they booked that. That's their fault. That's their mistake. That that even cheapens it. I mean, when that got announced, we were worried because we've been worried this whole time. People are, are watching this or listening to this from around the world. Don't you understand what it is to be a British wrestling fan? You know, we're, maybe we're all miserable because we spent most of our our teenage years and in our case, our adult lives, or especially for me, watching wrestling at three in the morning. You know what I mean? Maybe that's why yeah. we have higher standards. Maybe it's because we've been promised since SummerSlam '92. You know, WCW treated the country kind of like shit. You know, it's a one of the worst shows I've ever been to when they came over, you know, still, you know, 2000s past the peak in a, in America, but you know, there's still an arena full of uh, British fans that got treated to some absolute slot when they, uh, the Harris boys, uh, main evented, uh, that show that I, uh, that I went to there, which is just like, well, this is the Mamelukes. It was unacceptable. And they shit the bed and WWE put off coming back here for years. And then they did clash at the castle, which was cool. But, you know, not quite SummerSlam 92. That was kind of non-canon, kind of Saudi show, to be honest. it was That's what it felt like. And then we money in the bank this year. You know, I think that was close. It was canon. At yeah. least it was canon. 
I'm not even sure well, this feels like canon for the most part, but we're all we just... bitter as well over like those years, you know, go back to Battle Royale at the Albert Hall, go back to the UK only pay per views. Like I was talking to Steph about it today. Like, uh, you know, we both remember being like teenage kids to teenagers watching like, you know, these, you know, did, oh, there's a big pay per view on it to do the pay per view and you get it on Skybox of us and then you watch it. And it's like, why is X Pac team with Stone Cold Steve Austin? Oh, there's going to be, it's going to be Fallout for this on Monday Night Raw when I watch it, uh, watch it next week now because it didn't count. It was non canon. You know, we've had a lot of that. Yeah. You know, it was, and it was like, oh, this is a real one. This is going to be, no, no, it's AEW coming over and it's AEW giving us their best, their biggest show ever. Uh, and we're all going to turn up for it. We're going to do our part. The 80,000 of us are going to do our part. Dare I say it? The wrestlers are going to do their part as well. But that doesn't mean Tony Khan has done his part as far as the booking goes. Like you said about what James, you said, you was absolutely spot on with that. It's exposed the weaknesses that Tony Khan as a booker. It's not an excuse that he always does this because, again, this was more important than your regular pay-per-views. But he has dropped the ball, and it's absolutely something worthy of critique. Made me at the point of acceptance where I'm just like, you know, I'm going to go. It's going to be a nice little you know, afternoon show in America, evening show for us. We're all going to have a good time, and then that's going to be it. But the reason it's not more than that is Tony Khan. That is the that is the element. There's that's the link in the chain that's broken here because everything else yeah. was in place for this, and that absolutely massively deserves critique and the types of critique people like me and you and and others are giving it. That's why we feel so passionately about it. Is that part of the problem? There is he's isolated himself from critique because mm-hmm. if someone can explain to me what a wrestle joy is, but those <laughs> kind of people do not fucking help the situation with the absolute. Oh, it's a dream match. That's six one. Dream match that because I've been dreaming for Takeshita to team up, team up with Juice Robinson for like pretty much my entire childhood, mate. That was uh, no. that was what I want. Fuck off, nonsense. Like I just see that, and I just think you're you're actively kind of part of the problem because they're part of the press conferences, which give an idea. I think a false idea of this is what the wrestling media thinks about it, and, and I'm not mm. saying the wrestling media are the people you should necessarily go to, but mm. you you ignore the criticisms at your peril. Like that's that's how I I feel about it, and that's something that has been kind of ignored. And guess mm. what? Chickens come home to roost after a while if you don't do this. And it's been happening. It's been on the. Don't way be another from, one. No, don't be another one of these shows, JP. This is going to be the biggest attended show they ever do in their history. They are never ever going to beat this again. And that's we're saying that in year five, mm. and it could potentially become a billion dollar company. That won't make a difference. They won't. I don't think they were. Like, because they've kind of had that chance. They really have. And, you know, they've they've not delivered on what we've kind of expected, really, because the, like, cause the British audience has shown an incredible amount of tolerance in terms of, like, come over. Like, they've been badgered about when they're going to come over, when they're going to come over, and it's been sort of touted about for a long time. And now it feels like yeah, you get the stars – but what are you seeing them in? Nothing. We were talking about Sting career match. That seems laughable now mm. that that would ever be uh, a thing there, that we could possibly get a Sting retirement match in all of this. Nah, not at all. Not even like Orange Cassidy, who you would argue in terms of that international title reign, him and John Moxley. I don't think we're getting that. We're just getting a, we're just going to get similarly. Nah, it would require a plan. But it's, it's why is that plan in place? Where is this infrastructure? Like, you can't just hire one kind of bloke to come in and hope oh, that they're going to end up fixing it as well. And you can't keep it avoiding the confrontation that's going on there. You need to get in there properly and you need some arseholes. 
need some people who go, actually, one of the big things they've never done is they need to trim that roster down. Because mm. I think that doesn't help the situation. There's far too many fucking toys for him to play with. And that's his pro- problem. He loves collecting toys. Doing anything with them is just like, but that's like kind of worse. Because you're always mm. thinking, well, there are better matches. We're just never seeing them because this guy doesn't like this guy and so on and so forth. But yeah. It's, it's been a Tony Khan trope from the start. It has the big, been. The big main eventers don't wrestle each other because someone would have to lose. Four-way women's matches, apparently. Yeah. That's a big Tony Khan trope, of course. <sighs> Well, on that note, do you want to run through the card quickly before we, we move on to very brief thoughts on, on collision and that? So yeah, this so, is what we've got so far. So we don't have to be all negative. There are positives here. Because again, I've had this discussion with a million people this week and come at me in me, me Twitter. I'll reply to yeah. it. I'll, I'll, I'll drive Steph mad at four in the morning replying to knobheads on Twitter. I've got the time. Um, but like, you know, like, I even agree with, you know, because people will come back at us and go, well, you wanted big built-up singles matches with main eventers with stakes. Apparently that's too much to ask, but whatever. But the pushback will be, well, hang on. You get an MJF versus Adam Cole. You get an FTR versus the Young Bucks. You know, even the Darby and Sting and Swerve and AR Fox thing, I've had that thrown at me. It's like, well, there you go. There's your blood feud. You're getting a bit of, bit of everything you want there. And I'd, I'd agree to a point. I think, you know, if you right. go from the top there, MJF versus Adam Cole, that's a, that is a that is a well-built, important match on this show. I would argue if they're not doing a turn which it feels late now i don't think they are i think if we get a turn it's going to be on the pre-show which again is another, is another matter the fact that they're working oh. the pre-show we're, we're going to waste that pop but like i think that's a that's an argument in the favor of the people who don't agree with us like that is a important match on awtv that hasn't been held back for all out it's the first match probably of a, of a few in a rivalry it's not exactly coming to a head here but that is a genuinely Big match, would would you argue? I think maybe the thinking's been it's baby face big face versus baby face. It's like Bulldog versus Brett. Um, you know, there's that. That's that's there. I, I would argue you probably if you're gonna do that, and this is it's a very weird and different way to get to a big world title match, and actually respect it in a few ways. The problem is you don't have a heavy duty other singles match that's on the card that can make yes. can kind of justify the fact that you can get away with it. You know what I mean? It's not like elsewhere on the card. Hangman Page is facing CM Punk or John Moxley is facing Kenny um, Omega or Chris Jericho is facing CM Punk, whatever your, your combination of the tippy-top guys are. I agree with the people who say that's an argument because that is an argument of a built-up, important match that's been a big part of the TV for a while. It's just there are those caveats too with it. There are. But then when you look at this card, in terms of what's announced, you asked me, like for, for so, so far we've got four matches announced for it. We've got MJF, Defending the AW title against Adam Cole. We've got, or I should say five, including the zero hour. We've got FTR defending the tag team titles against the Young Bucks. Both, I think, trust me, I'm not mad on the Adam Cole MJF one, but I'll, at this stage, like I say, I'm in acceptance mode, kind of like you on that. I'm like, okay, fine. But I get the reasons for it being there, like, regards my own personal tastes, because that's what it comes down to. Well, FTR and Young Bucks, like, look, I mean, let's do them match by match. Like, yeah. If you got, I mean, I think that's a, that's a big match. Yeah, I mean, the kind of match should have been on it, but it's what should have been one of several matches. Should have always been the plan. And people, again, that's another bit of kickback I've had. Well, you should, you can't criticize the fact that they had, you know, the righteous versus the uh, the the elite planned. It's not happening anymore. No, I can absolutely criticize that that was the plan up until somebody finally saw sense and we had to change it last minute. And that's why this match, you know, we're getting these matches last minute. That's why the bookings had to change because you wasted however amount of time. 
Hamman Page took a pin to Evil Uno at one point on TV because yeah. they thought they were building to this that match clearly. Like it should never have been the original no. plan. But the replacement is good. FT, FTR versus Young Bucks. That's a that's is that not what we're asking for, JP? No. A big, well built match with yeah, you know, maybe well built, quote unquote, <laughs> with you know, two of the biggest stars, two big tag team stars. No bigger tag team match they can deliver. I, I don't. Th- I would argue it's not necessarily well built, but it's mm. been built because there's a rubber match. There's a simple yeah. storyline for that. In the same way there could have been for a lot of singles matches. You could have had, for example, Kenny May going, I want to have a great match with Hangman Page at the show. So we're going to have that all Kota Ibushi for those people who seem to love the infantilization of a 40-year-old man who's telling you know them to have their match there. It's like, okay, at least there's a reason for it. But singles matches are what we gravitate to. Singles matches, tag team matches. Because... The way divisions, I I can't believe I'm explaining this in 2023. The whole point of wrestling ultimately is to win the world title. That's the thing at the center of it is the chase. And there's only meant to be one of fucking those, even though we've got two at the minute on TV, which I've got an issue with. So you should be trying to get it down to one because you chase that. That's your singular focus is to kind of win those. So the way you, so by putting in the multi-man stuff, it just ends up confusing the situation. But you mentioned like there with, with, FTR and the Young Bucks and MJF and Adam Cole. It's like, they're two things, but we should have had another six because and then yeah. we get into the women's match, which I'm sure originally it would have been Jamie Hayter, but Jamie Hayter's been rumoured not to be on this card for a while now. Yeah, we've, we've known this for a while. We've known, this is not news that's just happened. If it's just broken, I get it. Much mm-hmm. in the same with CM Punk, Samoa Joe. I would have got it if it was just somebody, there was an injury and we just have to fix it and this is an easy fix. So instead, here we've got Hikara Shida, who has to win a match in order to get into her being able to defend the title. Tony Storm, who is kind of debuting an entirely new character. So that's like a different dynamic to it. And it's likely to be Britt Baker and Soraya because they've been given kind of layups in the other ones there. That is the epitome okay. of, I'm just going to chuck four women on the card because I, I'm not going to put more than one women's match on this card because I've got no really other storylines because let's face it, you can't book women. Never has really been able to. That's where we. There's been times when it's gone like kind of well, but I'm wondering how much more of that in luck rather than judgment. It's a it's a weird one. This because like like I've said to you before, I think this is an, again another argument people will push back with because I I agree on MJF call. I think FTR boxes is, is is a good match for this show. Yeah, deserving at this stage and it deserves credit for it. Like you know, this isn't black and white. There are counters to like some of the points we're making they're they're too strong enough counters this one like it's a weird one because they have built it but have they really <laughs> you know because it was the it dominated the women's division and it was fucking terrible like if, if you're going to use it as a good example of, of aw's booking you know the, the fucking the stuff with the green spray paint that that happened every week on air on dynamite for months on end and all of that like I think it felt like that happened. Then it went cold. Then they've panicked. Then they've gone. Oh, by the way, oh Tony's actually got written on his notepad that there was going to be a four-way wins match coming out of that. Okay, so how do we get back to it? I know tournament, and now we're back to it. Now yeah. I don't think that's a coherent, well done nope. build. I think that's a something clearly changed the injury. I think, but I think more than that, it clearly was forgotten for a few weeks, and it's clearly mm-hmm. being pulled back now. And we're going to lean on the the law and the stuff that we did previously. We're going to get to the right place, and I would argue that's the right four wins. Your, your biggest. Four stars in the women's division. I think that's maybe maybe we're more 50-50 on that. If I if I'm giving a thumbs up to MJF and Cole and FTR and Young Bucks, I'm more thumbs in the middle leaning up on this. I reckon you might be thumbs in the middle leaning down. But I think 
your biggest show ever should probably have your biggest women stars on it, and that's yeah. kind of what this is. And it's I... got a British star in there, and it's got Tony Storm in there, who's spent a lot of time here too. Like it takes a few boxes that one. I think I might be leaning thumbs up on that one. I think the Jamie Hayer injury has just sort of <laughs> screwed it up. I just hate multi-person matches. It just, yeah. just it, it feels very lazy. It feels like a very cheap way of getting a title off. It feels like something that's just going to be kind of effectively storyline driven. I don't, if it was an elimination match, I always think they're a lot more interesting because at least you get down to a final two because that's where the mm. fucking drama lies. That's, mm. you know, it doesn't happen when there's like a million and one things necessarily going on in the ring because we see that shit most weeks of the year. But yeah, I'm probably, I'm leaning more towards thumbs down in that regard. And the other the other one that's announced for the main show is the coffin match with Sting and Darby Allen versus Swerve Strickland and AR Fox. Fun little match on the undercard. yeah. I mean, AR Fox has fucking lucked out big, big, big time. And <laughs> you want to get Sting on there. I can't help but feel you could do something better with Sting, really. Mm. And even something better with Darby Allen, who's mm. like, there's this happening, but there's also the Luchasaurus stuff happening as well on the side towards All Out. And that's where I think you kind of get like the kind of weird little aspects to that. Yeah, it's a fun little undercard match, but then. If it were me, this wouldn't really have fun little undercard matches. If I was structuring this, the pre-show would be a battle royal where you get all the people who give them all entrances, give them all pops, have it last effectively like the guts of the hour for it to be there because there'll be plenty for people to kind of pop to as well. And you can have all kind of all the various entrances and the rest and people get to sing along and do that kind of stuff. Instead, what we've got is on the zero hour, we've got like, a very weird MJF, Adam Cole, well, the real title belts, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles going against Aussie Open where it looks like this is something which you think, this is like Russo booking. This is different. It's not been done before. And you go, yeah, there's a reason. There's a reason why when you sit back logically and you think out of it, it's like you're meant to be like preserving that moment when they come out for the first time in the UK as being this kind of big deal. But it's like, Oh, but fans like the entrance of those two together. It's like, well, but they also like the idea of them wrestling in this main event. It's like you're wanting your cake and eating it here. So mm. you muddle it and you're not going to dilute the pops for later on because guess what? You've already seen them and it's, you're not going to get that kind of sustained massive reaction second time around. It's not going to feel as special regardless of what you can do. You can try and convince us afterwards that after, you know, and I'm sure actually that match will be, will be good, but, it's, it's going to get people in there for the pre-show, so at least that. But it I mean, will do. Kind of cover cover that with the MJF call yeah. thing. So that, that, that's a big part of the draw for some people. And I think people are again. This crowd's going to be amazing, and this crowd's going to love it when they do the double clothesline. If that happens, yeah. there's there's a positive box. Okay, let's go to the rumored stuff then. I mean, <clears> get pretty much nail on guarantee. CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, unless he decides <laughs> to uh, to go and feud with someone else. Thumbs up or thumbs down on this one? I'm, I, I shocked people last week. I was thumbs in the middle. I'm still thumbs in the middle. Um, I think it's real. Re- it's dawned on me the lack of TV time we've got to get this going, and that's not because I don't want to see personally Punk and Joe wrestle. It's because I said last week I want to be consistent about: is this the biggest program Punk, Punk could be in? Obviously, no. Is this a program that they've clearly been thinking about? Obviously, no. Like that's something I've sat on over the last week or so. Like you can't tell me that they did the Owen Hart tournament and had CM Punk beat Samoa Joe for the first time ever in a throwaway tournament match on a random collision for 
literally not addressed the feud again for for three or four weeks, and then randomly heated up again. Like clearly, clearly, if you had a plan, and that plan was Samoa Joe versus CM Punk. You wouldn't have done that match on TV. You would have saved their first match in 19 years for this pay-per-view. You wouldn't have the baby face, or at least he is at the minute, win by a roll-up to allow what? What's the story of this match now? The heel wants his revenge? Like, is that a, is that a, is that a prestigious big-time CM Punk match? Of course it's not. They're warming it up slowly, but they've started from an ice-cold place placed on that Owen, Owen Hart booking. The fact that the feud was forgotten about and Punk's folks has been on Ricky Starks. Poor Ricky yeah. Starks on fucking collisions trying to explain he's suspended. He won't be at all in and all out, which got booed, by the way, because everyone knew that. I was like, what? I'm going, aren't you mm-hmm. Punk's main feud? Okay, you're not going to be involved in either pay-per-view. Cool. And now they're trying to heat this Joe thing up. And God bless him. Joe's doing great work. His promo was incredible on collision this week. Yeah. I like the choke out thing with Punk in the main event. Just wish the camera might have caught it a bit. That might have helped. So two weeks in a row, well, between Dynamite as well and this, two years in a row, I'd probably say, yeah, fucking two months in a row on Collision. But like, I, I think on that one, I was thumbs in the middle last week. I'm thumbs in the middle leading up, but it's still thumbs in the middle because obviously, if this was your plan, if you wanted the big CM Punk match at your biggest show ever, and it was going to be Samoa Joe, you would have done this entirely differently. So the people who try and spit this one back as some kind of great long-term storytelling and a match with a great story, no. It's a disservice to the story, to be honest. It's a disservice to the history of this match that these two are going to have to try and heat this up and have what is presumably the second match of a trilogy at Wembley. Not the third match, not even the first match, just this middle match uh, is happening there that they've now got one more week to heat up for UK audiences. I feel, you know, there's two... There's for me, it's an all-out match rather than an all-in match. I said that at the time, and I, I, there's nothing that's really kind of dissuaded me from this. I think uh, all-out, it'd be a kind of cracking match oh. to like have on there. But the fact that he's only just beating him on collision does take away a lot from it. It doesn't make it feel... It doesn't feel special. Because we've it's not just like that match with five stars. It was a nice little match that I enjoyed, but it was a nice yeah. little match, and I was like, oh, that'd be Phil now, Joan Bunk. Yep, and that's kind of how I... And I thought, as a TV feud... Like I say, all out, if you're rushing in shows, even Arthur Ashe, I'd be like, nah, that's kind of a good match to put on there because they'll get the reactions and you've got time with Joe, particularly like an Arthur Ashe, that that kind of stuff could work. But no, they've not they've not done that. At least it's a singles match. I'll say that. Like, because, I, I mean, I look at the other rumoured match for it as well, where we've got, apparently, it's going to be Kenny Omega- Adam Page and Kota Ibushi versus Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Kosuke Takeshita, building you to a make. Com slash c slash grapple. If you want to hear a rant about that one, oh. Are you sure, mate? Though is that not you know? Because surely it's the biggest show ever. So Hangman Page is going to no, no, he's not. No, Hangman Page has disappeared again. Like wait, I, I know we we know the story now about what happened to Collision, but like, <laughs> don't you think he should have been on TV a bit more prominently since Blood and Guts? Or you know, like, shouldn't he be in the middle of a big feud here? No, he's going to be into into. It added to this uh, Kenny Omega law dream match where apparently it's a big deal that we get to see him. It's never been mentioned on their telly. We've oh. done a Golden Lovers reunion. They team yeah. together a blood and guts at the end of July. For fuck's sakes, this yeah. isn't special. It really isn't. I can under You can be a fan of all of the wrestlers in this match and still agree that this is perhaps the laziest use of all of them because God, like... The things I've seen people jump through, which is just basically comes to an argument of I want golden lovers and I want Omega Hangman. It's like, well, you could have those as singles matches and they would at least have some degree of me. Kenny Omega says, I want to have the best 
best match. I want to do it against my my longest term, like my long friend and rival in Kotorobushi. And I'm sure you could do that. But here, it's a way of getting them out there. But it, what substance? Like really, is this because when you leave it to the last minute, you can't have substance. When you shuffle you things around at the last minute because you're running a sloppy shop, you know, like the comment there, Hangman Page v Jay White, that would have been a nice match for this. Mm-hmm. Two guys who are getting a push at the minute, having a a match where they finally meet together one on one in the ring at All In. But you would have to start at that six weeks ago at least, yeah. eight weeks ago. Planning should have should have started ten weeks ago. It's not there, That's is it? it? So you're having to do this. Just, ah, throw throw but throw a load of pieces together. They're dawdled with this mm-hmm. stuff. They really have. Mm. And then it feels like we're going to have, like, there's, there's ve- like, in terms of, what is it, Blackpool Combat Club versus bloody um, Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, and mm. uh, who else is the other one in there? We don't know. We don't Possibly know. Possibly But we think he's injured. I thought he's, he thought he's injured for that, yeah. maybe. But even then, that's just another, ma- another trios match. This is, mm. like, when... I think it was like Brandon from New Jersey said this, who this, this is the idea of putting together, like this is dynamite stuff. This is what you do in the build up to the big show is you have these six men to promote the various three singles matches there. So yeah, it, it's like the laziest way of getting people out. There. And I, this is where I go to the kind of wrestlers and the EVP stuff. Why isn't Omega petitioning for a singles match? He's never going to work a bigger crowd. I've heard people use the argument where he's saving himself for the singles match at All Out. I'm like, what the fuck? Have it here. Have the trios match at All Out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, am I fucking going berserk? Is 80,000 a smaller number than eight? And no one's fucking told me about (laughs) this. Like, it's insane. The gate is 10 times what that is going to be. Even with pay-per-view boys, it's not going to come anywhere close to the revenue. Screw that, in it? You forget that the gates, the act of the gates and the number of people in the audience is going to rival the pay-per-view boys. Yeah. <laughs> it is ma- like, you're sitting there going like, am I going mental for this? Yeah. Like, th- like, where are the stakes for this? Where's, like, and again, you could say, like, build. There are things you could, if you wanted to chuck some of these matches together as just sort of, one off, we've got these two great wrestlers. We're gonna have them have a match on the card. Eddie Kingston, John Moxley. You don't need to. Eddie Kingston, Moxley. Yeah, that's your one. You've, you've got fucking. You've got like heat there. I think a stadium stampede match is a kind of an obvious thing to do, but that would be the one multi-person match I'd be having on this card if and I was fancy it. booking. You'd, and you'd have, you'd have built. There would at least be a reason for it. And that's not, we don't have any reason. I'm sure we get a face of the revolution ladder match chucked into it. Why do we need to have a match <laughs> with six other people? We will do. And these, well, what so we're probably getting, this tells us the, the state of things and we'll move on after this. But like, yeah, the things that wraps this card up, if it does get announced, remember how negative we were when we heard the rumor that Chris Jericho might be facing Will Ospreay at all in. I don't know if I necessarily want to see it. But if that gets out, this is where we are now. This is how low our standards are. Yeah. Uh, at least it's a big time match between two stars. I mean, definitely Jericho Osprey. Again, we've been 50 50 on in the AW universe or whatever. Uh, I don't mean like WWE universe. I just mean like the world of AW. But that'll be something that they add that on. Like at this point, like, <laughs> you know, again, there should be another four of them. Again, it should be a better stylistic match. Again, I don't really want to see Jericho in the spot, but. They probably need that now because, like, at least it's been built up, I suppose, with the Don Carlos stuff. How sad's that? I, 
even then, there's a lot of heavy lifting to do on the built up bit. It feels like it's important because it's it's two high profile singles wrestlers, wrestlers wrestling each other who haven't before. So in that sense, like it ticks the box. I am not happy. Like it, I don't like that. But do you know what? It is that point we're at the stage of acceptance. Well, I don't know Good if that's show, a show mate. title Good as well. Little Good little show. show. Oh yeah. It's and that's but where does that go afterwards as well? Like where is that? And I know I, I could get to a certain degree is the idea of having Osprey Omega at the Tokyo Dome, but I don't think we're going in that direction. I think we're getting a card or Osprey at the Tokyo mm. Dome. So if we're not getting that, like you're waiting for like the middle of next year. I'm not sure Osprey will be there beyond beyond January. You've still got time. Tony Khan still has time to make that match. Because yeah, Osprey would... could do something. Oscar, uh, Jericho's been building stuff with Don Callis. You could change course now. Like this is one occasion where you could change course and it could make sense. And you could do something with Takeshi and Jericho, whatever. I don't care. You could absolutely do Omega Osprey still. Like you there is time to pull that back. <laughs> not gonna happen, though, yeah. is it? No. I just don't think I don't think it's going to happen, and it, it's it's depressing. It really is like it, it's it's depressing because this could have been so much more than what it is. Instead, like you said, it's a nice little afternoon. There we go. Eighty thousand people all having a nice little afternoon. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> Any anything else on collision? I think we kind of covered it there in the previous. Ah, I All think right. we did. Nice little show. Good Too long honest. that main event. Too long. Give it, give it. Oh yeah, I thought that was the first time watching a collision, and I'm a fully signed up card carrying collider. Where I watched it live, I had a fun time. You know, there wasn't anything really, you know, heavy duty in there. Really good uh, Samoa Joe promo in there that I liked. Fantastic Ricky Starks promo at the start of the show. Oh, yeah. Which it was leading to. Now, I actually taught me into, oh, yeah, maybe even Punk wouldn't have been so bad for All Out. Not at all in, but All Out. Uh, nope. Um, but, like, yeah, got an hour and a half in. And, like, me of all people, I was like, I saw, like, they, st- they all started making their entrances. It was probably, like, 25 past two. It wasn't even half two. And I was just like, you know what? I, I get it. I understand how they do these collisions and we have the main event, but this one felt like this was the jump the shot moment. I was like, it's for the trios titles as well. I don't care about the trios. T- I know Joe's going to come out. You know, I'll watch that angle tomorrow. That's cool. I'm glad they're doing that. You know, again, it heats it up slightly, at least the, the punk stuff. But I was like, yeah, I'll wait. And I watched it the next day and it was a nice little match, but it felt like that collision formula of uh, punk and friends getting their half an hour main event. I think you kind of need the show to be a little bit more, I don't know, dynamic and exciting to get away with that. And this felt a bit Good, but paint by numbers. You know what I mean? It didn't feel like yeah. I had no urgency to watch it. And there wasn't like there was a show long storyline necessarily with it. I mean, you had the Joe stuff, which which that's basically what I skipped to. Because I thought I don't necessarily need to see it. I just thought trios matches shouldn't be lasting that long anyway. They should have a degree of pace to them. And we've mm. seen this kind of similar match. At least at least it was like a proper tag team match with the yeah. Jay White and Juice Robinson. At least there were like reasons for something like Ricky Stark, CM Punk last week is for the real world championship. So you can have that in there as well. But like, my God, like, yeah. Uh, it wasn't bad. It was just a nice it wasn't little bad. show. It wasn't, nice it was, little show. Was, Hobbs Miro yeah. is an interesting direction. Yeah. If you can get rid of QT Marshall, more of which we'll get into. Well, very, very briefly. Near That's the, the end. problem in it. We can't have our, you know, our big, big, you know, no. big lads slapping meat, whatever the fucking phrase is. We can't just have that, you know, it's simple, I don't know, Miro and Hobbs are going to beat each other up. No, there has to be QT Marsh, 
still and you know the, the face heel dynamics in that like who's who's the face like i'm not even sure is hob are we supposed to be sympathetic to hobbs when it seems like qt marshall's doing his bidding for him we're supposed to gm miro don't think the crowd knew um yeah a messy way to get to a match i want to see to be honest um even if it isn't a, an all-out match question there from uh jake and because yeah you know jim ross uh involved on uh collision there uh they asked this on the uh, the discord as well didn't mean to get to it uh, is he is jim ross tarnish his legacy and a mm. reputation as the greatest announcer of all time or is he even the greatest wrestler announcer of all time in your eyes see the reason i didn't answer this on the discord was for me like i'm not the guy to answer i'd say because i haven't like jim ross since like 2000s when he uh, couldn't tell which one was edge and which one was christian which one was jeff which one was matt he was getting moves wrong <laughs> like i feel like he's been doing it for years never liked him um but maybe he's maybe he's the best of all time by default because he was so good in his day you know what i mean and no one else has really come out come along but yeah, him just being around at this point, they can wheel him out for these main events. And he can have a good time, like on on last week's collision, and you know, be made up that he's in the same building as uh, as Ricky Steamboat. But I think his uh, his use case is uh, is long past, hasn't it? And then his contract's up in October. Move him on to something else. There, is, there was one role for him, which weirdly we've kind of alluded to that he would have been good at if he's in the the kind of if he's in the right frame of mind to do it properly. It's probably the nice way of saying it, which would have been as head of talent relations, as someone who's been there and had to deal with massive egos at a very important time in WWE's history when there would have been enormous egos around the place. They so greatly need a figure like that and I don't think he's in the position to be able to do it and I don't think he's relevant. The problem is is that wrestling seems to have very much passed him by. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Jim Ross and Kevin Kelly. Like, oh, Kevin Kelly's coming back, isn't he? Ugh. More on that in a minute. I wish uh, I wish Rick and Barney was staying and I wish Nigel McGuinness was the one fucking off. How about we do that? Uh, that'd be great. Uh, but that's kind of all there is to say on Collision, really. Nice little show. Wasn't huge developments going towards the uh, biggest show of all time. But like I say, we did get the Punk and Joe stuff. Um, and then, yeah, we got Dynamite this week, uh, in which they, they set up a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Deathmatch. Always knew that day was coming. Jeff Jarrett versus Jeff Hardy. Um, on this week's Dynamite, Orange Cassidy v. Wheeler Utah for remember the international title. Uh, Tony Khan doesn't. Britt Baker v. The Bunny in the qualifying match that we all presume Britt Baker's going to win. Imagine if it's The Bunny. Um, Darby Allen and Nick Wavy, the Gates of Agony. Um, the Acclaimed are on the show. Jericho's given Don Callis' answer. We're getting the Kenny Omega sit-down with Jim Ross, which I believe has already been recorded. So let's re-record that and just uh, change what we're doing. Uh, MJF I have been good in the past, in fairness. That's yeah, might have been the best be, use of Jim, Jim Ross. Ross. Yeah. To, the, to the question, that's a good use of Jim Ross and the Young Bucks versus the Guns, which again is, uh, you know, it's Young Bucks and tag matches. Um, feels a bit random that all of a sudden they're a tag team again, but whatever. We've got a big match to sell, so let's go. Um, it's where they should be, so I think that works. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I just want to what they should be doing is repeating the phrase all in on a fucking loop to the end of it. And I'm you, you, it's more that you're hoping for some Hail Mary. Kenny Omega says, do you know what? I want to challenge such and such. Like she says, oh, I'm going to challenge CM Punk. Samoa Joe gets pissed off on collision. He's forced to stay away. Possibly even gets involved. Oh, there's me fantasy fucking booking something that'd be immediate. And then immediately my mood would change because it feels like, oh, I'm getting something that people would actually genuinely want to see. Because let's face it, like that's what this card, this card should have been one that, American fans should have been looking at going, I'd really want to fucking be there. I want to be there yeah. to see this. And they're all probably laughing, going, fuck that. Another trip to Chicago it is. The hell. They're not coming over for that, mate. Maybe they'll uh, come over for our uh, 
our next subject, which is uh, Royal mm. Quest. Uh, as we move over to uh, to New Japan stuff, uh, obviously uh, got the uh, the G1 finals to talk about uh, from this weekend. If you think the uh, positivity train has been great so far, we're going to get rolling in a minute. Can't wait. Um, to be fair, there was a couple of uh, of great yeah. to, uh, to talk about there. But we do have uh, news that, yeah, Royal Quest 3 um, is going to be at the Copper Box, which I had to be reminded there was a, a second one, um, a Crystal Palace. I've forgotten <laughs> about that uh, that two-night one. I think I ever ever got around to seeing that. Um, it didn't feel like that felt. For the people I knew that went, I think uh, House Show was kind of um, how that was uh, described. But, yeah, we're going to get uh, New Japan um, back at the, uh, at the Copper Box, which is, coincidentally, where uh, RevPro uh, are going to mm-hmm. be uh, running just next week week um so yeah that's the uh, announcement october the 14th um it's gonna be um as is uh there on the uh, on the new japan website uh yeah what do you make of that jp to feel a bit felt a bit odd i was surprised it got announced before rev pro had the chance to do their show at the copper box although at the same time you know it's the very much rev pro produce these new japan shows in the yeah. uk or very heavily in partnership um with uh with rev pro um and i guess i did see a bit of that as well the way some people are like fuck another one i'm gonna have to save up you know so you do want to give people some notice as well it's probably the counter to maybe not wait until uh till next sunday to uh to mm. announce it but what do you reckon of the is this, is this eating the uh, the rev pro couple back shows lunch and um, is it a is it a must see <sighs> at this point with New Japan in 2023. Um, uh-huh. Reaction to it's been a bit mixed from what I've seen. Yeah, and I'll probably stand in, in the mixed camp. I, I don't think it's going to have the impact necessarily on Rev Pro because I think there's enough distance between the two shows. I think the timing is interesting because it'll be in that period. If you think of it, the way New Japan kind of works, October is like the cutoff point where we know a lot of the dome, apart from mm-hmm. tag matches and the junior tag matches because they have their tournaments at the end of the year. So effectively, a lot of the lads kind of get an easier like November, December while those things are going on. So it's a kind of it's going to be interesting what we're going to get match wise, um, mm. and how big are they going to take it necessarily? I think it's not going to do the numbers it did last. I mean, I loved the first one, and it was like a perfect venue for them if they had got the streaming right, which they didn't do, and that was a big part of it. But I loved it. So will I be going to this? Yeah because I like the copper box as a venue. I don't think it's going to do the 6,000, six and a half thousand or so that it did last time. I just can't see that being the case because new Japan as a product just generally doesn't seem to be as hot. And it, where does this fall into the canon of new Japan? Like Mm. really, is this going to be something that they view as important? Are they going to be pitching? Like are people going to be challenging people for Royal quest, for example? Cause I was going to say, this is where you'd give Zack Sabre Jr. a world title shot, wouldn't you? Or mm. something like that to kind of like that. That would be a more interesting time. But it's going to probably be against Sonada, which is going to be the thing where my heart slightly sinks about that. Just the inevitability I'm going to have to sit through 25 odd minutes before we get to see Sonada win. And it's just going to oh. <laughs> I feel like we, right. we got punished with that. We had a lot of fucking LIJ, didn't we? Uh, we came, we came like the LIJ territory with the amount of times those lads felt like they were, uh, they were over. It is the LIJ territory, mate. <laughs> oh God. That's the B1, doesn't that? But uh, yeah, I mean, it just feels like a lot this year, you know, like uh, when I first did kind of rumblings that this might be coming, it was like, oof, bloody hell, another one. <laughs> like, So we were all going to go to All In. We're all going to go to obviously Red Pro at the Copper Box the night before. There's a couple more announcements for that we can mention in a sec. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be doing that. Um, 
some of us might even be at impact. I'm actually considering going to Coventry, JP. We'll see. I oh, am. Yeah. Um, considering even tagging this, this year to see some uh, maybe maybe European wrestling is back. I don't know, but I kind of want to see Nick Gage in Germany. I think the uh, the idea of that is uh, is quite yeah. hilarious. But there's also this now, uh, which is uh, yeah, also uh, October the 14th. So yeah, bit of a decision to be made there. But yeah, there you go. New Japan at the uh, at the Copper Box. I think it's going for me. It's going to do depend what it is, like what gets announced. You know, the first one felt extremely important. It was on Fight TV. It was a pay per view. You know, we had. I was devastated I wasn't there in the end. But you know, great pay per view. Where the matches there. Let's hope this is more like that. I think that's what yeah. what, what it's probably going to need to be um, to uh, to uh, to pull off. Yeah, they can't. My fear is they half ass a lot of stuff, don't they? Mm. And they've got enough. They've got enough people around the place to have some relatively substantial matches in there as well. As Karen mentions there in uh, in the chat, they better have a good reason to explain Osprey's new UK championship. I think that's like because we've had that it's, whole kind the of UK switch. show was coming up. Therefore, Osprey's title is now the UK yeah. title. I think that's that's the extent of what we're getting. Unfortunately, good to see Karen in the chat. Um, but yeah, um, Naito's been announced for the show. So, like you say, so at least there's hey, a Karen. There's that. Uh, I was going to say quickly on that note, yeah, speaking of Copper Box, obviously, yeah, Rev Pro, uh, Subculture versus Velocities officially announced uh, today for uh, for their show. Mm-hmm. Uh, JJ Gale for Jeter, uh, Mickey James is, uh, looks like it's going to be a three way now um, with her um, on the show. Like, that's at least the uh, the, the way the uh, the booking um, kind of looks there. They're still setting stuff up, they've still got uh, big shows uh, coming up, obviously, at uh, Portsmouth uh, this weekend as well to set more up. A small battle of Osprey Shingo on that show. Luke Jacobs, Ishii. Still think they're going to have the sh- the, the matches of the weekend. Uh, yeah. Red Pro really there. But yeah, um, that's a uh, thing. That's added to that too. Yeah, it is. And like Elite, they've had that card ready for a while. They've had the mm. guts of that card ready for a while. You kind of thought of the directions of where they're going to be, of of where they're going to be going. And they've there is a, what I'm actually quite impressed with on the Copper Box lineup is the amount of young Rev Pro talent who are being mm. featured on this. That's one of the things you'd have to say is actually there's quite a bit of them on there. Now, there's it, it's not going to be the main event. It's going to be Osprey Shingo for fair reasons. Mm. Like, I, I kind of get that. But that's not like Oku, Trent Seven for me, doesn't have his interest, particularly with the unit Levi Muir around the place, I'm sure. And the Enfield Strong faction, I imagine, is going to be uh, <laughs> end up being formed as a result of it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's funny that Rev Pro show. Like, I'm sure we'll get into it more on the preview next week, but I do feel there's mixed feelings on it because I personally, I'm like, well, Shingo Osprey and Luke Jacobs Ishii on that show. That's kind of enough for me. I think people were maybe expecting a little more. I think maybe this Copper Box show being announced makes people think, oh, am I going to see the proper, you know, because that was the thing, a big Rev Pro show. You might have expected, you know, Akada, Tanahashi, you know, those types of guys to be, uh, you know, for Rev Pro to get on the end of the phone with those guys and to have that, you know, that extra bit of star power for it to maybe bring a, a few more people out and make it feel a little bit more prestigious. I think maybe we found out the fact that there's a New Japan show also this year coming from the same venue six weeks later and um, probably tells you why that's not happening. It's a tough one because I kind of, I am sympathetic at that point to you because it, it feels like a, a big show for Rev Pro, but it doesn't feel like the the meaty big show that I think maybe some were expecting. But I don't know what the answer would have been. You know, there's nothing I can come up with personally where I'm like, oh, you know, because I don't think AEW was going to let them have any talent this weekend, as uh, Will's been writing about. Um, so you leave you leave that out. New Japan obviously have, have have given them some guys here. Obviously, Osprey Shingo, uh, Chief Among It, but that's kind of the limit what you're getting here. 
outside of I don't know, you know, Andy Q getting on the phone to Goldberg. I don't know what we kind of could have gotten, yeah. but I don't know. Maybe it's missing one. It's one, you know, we don't know what you know might have been planned and fell apart. I'm sure you know as. Andy Cullen alluded to on a couple of the podcasts he's done the last couple of weeks. We're going to find, you know, in, in years to come, you know, he'll, he'll do a retrospective podcast of, of what could have come for this show. But I don't know. Is it missing something, JP, if, if we're being honest and critical yeah. with it? It's probably, yeah, it is. I mean, in in the essence of what we don't have, we used to always call it Andy Q's Dream Match Factory. Mm. We kind of don't have that. There's a lot of stuff that we've kind of, already seen or doesn't quite fall into the category. Luke Jacobs and Ishii as much as I'm going to love it, doesn't fall into the category of dream match. It's something that is the very, it's like the first proper building block for like Luke Jacobs in a world outside of British Brit, British wrestling, effectively, mm. him having that match, but I wouldn't put it into that. So it's that dream match factor, which mm. I don't know, like in with what they have, the only other people who plug into the gap are in a carder. Or even dare I say it, a Naito that we'll, mm. we'll, we'll be talking about in a minute. I mean, those are the only kind of people I think that you could plug in there. Mm. There were plans to bring in others, but that didn't like kind of factor into it, it didn't manage to kind of work itself out. But so you're thinking realistically with the budget they have, who can they possibly bring in? You're talking more New Japan people, really, as much mm. as anything else. That's it. AW, though. I will say this, they let a lot of their wrestlers do indie shows in the States. So I don't understand any hesitancy. They should be they should be looking to send could have been selective with it and allowed it to happen. You could have been somewhat selective and gone, okay, well, Keith Lee, we're not doing anything with, or I don't know, insert you know, any of your you know, tag Cockabana was a former Rev Pro champion, you know what I mean? Like those types of guys, you sure you could have could have could have let them have them, you know. Um Andrade. Shits and yeah. giggles if he's mm. not there. Like, but there, there are there are those kind of people. It just then becomes the kind of various politics. But mm. it's not like there isn't like a shortage of these wrestlers like knocking around. It's just that they're they're tied in, aren't they? And that's mm. and that's part of the problem they have. But yeah. I think for the I, I I still think and I've maintained this from day one. They'll have a big walk up. There'll be the point where yeah. people realize the kind of travel plans and stuff. The railway stuff doesn't help at all because those people who maybe would have thought of coming down That's on the Saturday, so Red Pro's luck, isn't it? Like for that oh, to happen. Oh, this snake bitten with the RMT. I wouldn't blame mm-hmm. if Andy if if Andy Gordon hates Mick Lynch. That's probably a bit <laughs> right. I've Mick Lynch is defending, is, is defending the people in his union. Oh, I will always stand up for the rights of trade trade unions and trade unionists. But they've mm-hmm. but they it's just worked so badly for them. And I feel for them yeah. on that front. Definitely. We'll switch them back over, and obviously we'll go through the full Rev Crow card next week. Because as you know, you point, points out rightly there. You know, Shibata is on the show. You know, Ishii, as we mentioned, LP on the show. So there, there are names there as well. Um, so there's that. But I mean, as as Karen kind of says there, Japan. There's Jordan Stardom's uh, Goddess Tag League. We'll be talking a little yeah. bit of uh, Stardom uh, before we go. She's been uh, doing some catch up, JP. But she's saying there, yeah, unlikely you've got an IWGP Women's or Strong Women's oh. Championship at a, a couple box for that reason. Um, yeah, the timing is a bit a uh, bit odd. But on that note, we should talk some New Japan. Um, it was unbelievably <laughs> the G1. Remember the G1, JP? It, it finished this weekend. Yes. Um, oh, well, I would like mentioning Karen as well. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to to get back after the craziness of of all in it as well to get back recording. Get her on hopefully open invitation to come up on spotlight to kind oh, of fill absolutely. us in with stuff that's been um, been going on as well. And I'll, I'll be mentioning like uh, the very minimal 
stardom I've managed to see pro- primarily mm. into kind of like one match for that. But yeah, you were going to say G1, anytime, baby. Anytime. Well, yeah, on on that note, New Japan, um, G1 tournament season um, is at least over for uh, for New Japan, JP. And we said we'd give it a bit of a, a, a post-mortem. <laughs> Do you feel motivated? So, I mean, I will say the final weekend, I feel demotivated because I didn't win the pick so I was gutted about that. Um, <sighs> other than I'll predict uh, a Naito win. Um, what was I thinking? Um, but yeah. I, got every, I, got, I, was, I did well in the, uh, in the block, so at least there's that. To be fair to them, a couple of cracking semi-finals match, great final. Um, you know, Naito, as we always talked about, turned it on for the big ones, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and I did feel like the the Osprey match was phenomenal. Like that was yeah. incredible. Um, as far as semi go, I didn't manage to catch that live. I was gutted I didn't. But yeah, on catch up, uh, very much uh, love that one. It deserved all the applause people gave it. Naito and Okada as a final work really well. Obviously playing at the uh, the history and you know Naito going for the Stardust Press and just the molten crowd who. You know, despite oh. our thoughts on Naito, um, desperately wanted them to win there. So there's a bit of a pushback uh, for you, JP. They yeah. pulled something out, I think, in those last couple of days. I think um, I think our conversation, we kind of know what we're going to say about the, the G1 overall, which is that it was uh, an extremely underwhelming year. And, you know, this uh, this tournament format is, uh, is definitely not the G1 of old. But, yeah, I think we can be down on the tournament, but still say, you know, as far as the ending goes, and maybe the thing that people are mostly going to remember, the final weekend did actually turn out to be to be very good. But was it too little, too late, JP? Uh, I feel it is too little, too late. However, I would happily eat the humble pie in terms of I watching that main event, the G1 final, mm. you were, in your own weird way, transported to a much happier time in New Japan where the crowd was molten and it was up from last year. It's like 8,300 up from like 6,800, about 1,500 in total. There's up now in Japan, those kind of metrics matter. They really do. These two don't wrestle as much and they are the two biggest stars that they have. So I got kind of slight Akada Nakamura vibes. You remember from that dome show that they did that was going to be amazing, except there was a fucking typhoon that day. You could see the rain Mm -hmm. coming in in the background. This though, like it was just like being transported into when it was almost like the previous few years hadn't happened because what we've happened is we've got this night O win and storyline. And it's like, I'm now the Chewyaka. So like I'm the, the number one star. And my immediate thought was, I love the match with a card just in terms of the drama, like the match, the match was very, very good. It was like, like you say, he, t- he turned up because he knew he was going to turn up and he is that kind of a wrestler as well. Mm. Beyond this, I can't say I'm because it leads to him and Sonada, which then I kind of feel is going to probably lead to him and Suji very, very quickly. I could see a Suji kind of turn and he ends up taking over. And then they 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 have that element of it. But it's still LIJ law is where mm. we're stuck. And that feels several years past, and everyone's a good bit older. So that overall direction, I'm not a fan of at all. But when watching particularly the Osprey um, Night O match and the final, I was transported back to a place where I was going, this used to be, like you've said, this isn't the G1 anymore. And this actually felt like G1. It felt like big stars wrestling each other in serious matches that were very, very high quality. That was the thing that I kind of took away in front of crowds that were really enthused as well. Mm. And it was, and you know, they fucking loved Night O. It was the right reaction and everything else. And as Karen mentions there, if they mention a lot about his injuries, that 
this is this the last hurrah of it? In which case, his job should be if you are going to have him win it. Because there was, I heard a lot of things. Oh, now he gets to win the the belt at Wrestle Kingdom. And I was like, I know he's done it before. I fucking watched it. Like I want, like we had this. You know, mm. Kenta didn't go into business by himself and running out. So if it ruined the moment for someone, that's down to Ghetto and the various other booking issues. I don't think these finals hide away from the fact, or even the uptick in attendance hide away from the fact of the lacklustre tournament that it's been throughout because there's too many people and there's no quality control. Sounds like AEW, but there isn't for this. Like there's a, like it needs to be no more than 20. I'd be all right with doing four blocks in like kind of in a much smaller format. If it was like six, if you're thinking about the, the, well, we've got to think about the longevity and stuff, but it's not like it was booked well as well. Like, this only kicked into gear in the semi-finals, and one of those semi-finals involved Evil, which just felt like, well, thank God he didn't win, but he's still getting an IWGP title shot next because that's a story they want to go to, and it's Evil hasn't meant anything, even when he was doing his best, you know, dressing up like it was a homage to uh, Elton John and Rocket Man or something like his best glam rock kind of clobber, just without the glasses. He's awful. And all the tropes are awful and everything else. And it, it's like the quarterfinals, it's a lot of missed opportunities. Kaiaki Amir was ultimately pointless, like in the tournament. Yeah, that was a young- shame, wasn't it? I was really hoping that thread yeah. would go somewhere because in the early tournament, it was there was something there, wasn't there? Really was. And there were, there were definitely still moments and fleeting moments of it. It was like, oh, they can lean into something here, like with the, you know, the heat of them being a Noah guy. And, you know, there's the Akada thing that's always on the back burner. But no. Wasn't going anywhere, unfortunately. He was just in the tournament to lose. And I think with yeah, he was. He was he was in the tournament to lose as well. They missed a trick with the quarterfinals. Because even if it had been the young lads versus the old lads and the old lads win, and then the young lads like they love that kind of couple of years long storytelling, but we didn't even really get that. Hikaleu getting out of the A block was ultimately deemed pointless. Mm. He lost to Naito. It's not even like in there the way they build their matches, he can come back in then to challenge him straight away or anything else. Instead, we've got Jeff Cobb doing that, which is fine, but we know he's not going to win it. So there's no, again, no any say. So we're just kind of in that mode of dragging our heels slightly, which is where the Copper Box show might come into the mix. But um, I do want to state, like, in terms of that main event, I did really, really enjoy it. I can't stress that. I can pull that out. Two days in a row, like after that Osprey yeah. match, I thought he was dead. Like I, I guess all the jokes were made. You know, he found someone who hates the neck more than he does, which was uh, which was Osprey. But like he took a fucking beating in that Osprey match. That felt like this is the last stand of Nacho and you join. And Kicks it's probably the eyes. Not, yeah. Ooh. But knowing these guys, though, is it gonna be like he's probably still gonna be wrestling ten years from now? We're gonna be like, fucking hell, how's Naito still going? That tends to be how things work in this company. Um, but yeah, the fact that he pulled that out two days in a, yeah. in a row, you know. It was great, and I unfortunately I think I ruined it for myself. I should have. I was so disheartened with this tournament and the last couple of weeks of it that I didn't watch them live. And I think I've had to watch them live, and I've been pulled into the you know Willy Wonty kind of winning thing. Knowing Naito was winning both of those matches kind of hurt my enjoyment just a a little bit, um, or at least you know my my investment in you know the near falls and stuff. But I could kind of tell as a spectator, it was like oh this crowd are fucking into this, and oh Naito is you know delivering a performance that's that's worthy of the stage. Um, again, the question was was it too little, too late? Because again, that, that that's that's been my point like the last couple of weeks. This is this G one is 
not really a G1. Um, this is the this is the one where the lights have been turned on. It's the end of the night. And we've realised, oh, we're not we're not actually. It's it's you know, night end of a night out or however you want to use the analogy. This is something completely different, you know, than what we were used to. This is WCW when the set changed. This is, you know, a different era, really, isn't it, of G1? Like, we can kind of leave the memories alone now of what we had and how great it was on the back-to-back, wall-to-wall, incredible, you know, near five-star matches we got for year on year. We haven't really had the last couple of years. We had the pandemic in the middle, and now this is what the G1 is. And I think next year our expectations are going to be, uh, going to be a lot lower. My enthusiasm for any of it really you know is kind of gone you know there's there's a couple of you know winners from this there's a couple of people who, who kind of stood out for me um you mm-hmm. know I, I would absolutely say you know Eddie Kingston made up yep. the got the tournament that he got i think that was really really cool to see um i think that was you know we all saw the uh, the video which was uh, you know really fucking nice to see with him you know with uh, with Kawada and doing the tour of Japan and just having the matches nice. he had you know, in this one with Shingo and Ishii, um, and not just those ones. You know, there were a couple. Even even in losing to David Finley, it's still you know we went down fighting and gave you a a great story. He's going to be back on AWTV with the New Japan Strong Belt, apparently. So you know we got the, that to look to look forward to as well. Um, you know, I got that level of enjoyment out of it. I'd say another. You know, and again, these are rare gems. Um, you, you know, Yosuji massively. Yeah. You know, showed something that like you know you can't teach what he's got. Which is charisma, the some kind and of a twin brother who's a stunt man who looks the fucking <laughs> spit of him, too. mate. But you he, can't teach that. <laughs> but he's got like a you know a natural charisma. You know the the way he wrestles is different than everybody else. He's clearly a star. Anytime these, you know, when they finally do the big Lij roll call at uh, at Wrestle Kingdom, I'm sure he'll be out there and we'll have our eye on him. Maybe the turn comes or something at that point. Maybe that's might be soon. I don't know, but I feel like we might be heading in that direction. Well, I if think that's, so. Uh, if that's coming, um, uh, he's been an absolute star of this tournament, despite you know the uh, the low expectations of the rest of the cards. Whenever he was on one, it was like, okay, I'll make sure I see that. I'll make sure to see what he's up to. Just because it's fun to track, it's fun to see him. Um, even in the multimans yeah. this week, he's been great. He is, isn't he? He, he? He's very, very different. He see, he gets the crowd connection, which even he did as a young lion as well. And like I say, I'd go down that direction of of mm. of having him challenge just. The fresh direction, like I mean, it's not quite a card of getting the belt from Tanahashi, which was like a complete left field call, really. But it worked. You'll never argue about the results of that. This one's slightly more obvious, but you do it because you should push push him into that mix. And again, he's got a twin brother who looks exactly like him. Like we never fully exploited the potential of Eric Angle, really, did we? I mean. <laughs> I think for Shota, Shota Suji, his name's exactly the same as well. Like It works absolutely <laughs> perfectly for that. I also want to give a shout-out to someone else in the A block, which is Gabriel Kidd, who I thought... Yeah, you were again, high on him. You see him sort of split opinion a bit. I think some people find him a bit cringe. Some people have enjoyed it. I've been somewhere in the middle. I think you you might have talked me around a little bit, though, on him this one. He, his promo stuff is very immature, but I've said that's kind of reflective of the character and kind of who he is really at this point mm. as, a, as a very young man kind of finding himself. I do think, though, he stood out where a lot of people didn't stand out really from a lot of these G1s. There's a lot of people in there you'd say what kind of tournament they have, and I, you wouldn't think of anything there being particularly spectacular. His matches at least stood out and just the anger and aggression and kicking off. You just thought, oh, this is fucking fun. Like I'm enjoying like, like just something different for the 
love of God livening things up. And I think it's, it's just make like the Japanese fans were reacting and that's mm. the crucial thing. That's the thing that they notice and they go, Oh, okay. And I think if he gets a good tag run, him and Alex Coughlin, Coughlin, they've got like a good chance to kind of establish themselves. He'll be around for a bit. If I imagine like Will Ospreay, when it comes to contract season next year, you could see that being a case where he thinks this, I've done as much as I'm going to do in New Japan, AEW it is. Then if you're looking for people, you know, foreigners to people kind of push call the card. Yeah. He's a better Hikaleu, isn't he? <laughs> like, you know, Hikaleu's got tall. He's got tall too, but he's good. You know, <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, you add that to it. It's a, it's a different mix, isn't it? Um, anybody else stand out for you as having notable tournaments, maybe good or bad? Um, any letdowns for um, you? Kaiki Omiya, we spoke about as a letdown. And I have to say, putting into it the booking, which mm. I got the idea of the draws, but then they moved away from it. Mm. Like, which I wasn't mad about because fellow was telegraphing them, and then they just all went off in all sorts of wacky directions and strange losses. So I'd say the Kaiakiyomiya, but then that also links to Ren Narita as well, mm-hmm. who didn't feel like one like he was going to be one of the big three top stars. Karen mentioned Zack Sabre Jr. I thought he was going to win it, like, and he didn't feel like he ever kind of came close. And this might have been the year you could have experimented with a new G1 winner, and he would have been able to deliver that post-match promo and deliver in the match quality as well. Um, I'm trying to think of others outside. This is the problem. So many people were kind of anonymous. There's like, mm. it's quite a load of them who didn't kind of like Ishii, for example, would be the highlight of these. And it's sad to see that he's just positioned in a way where his job is effectively to put people over and finish near the bottoms of the blocks. Now it's I, where we are, isn't I it? I know he's older and everything else. So that is where we are with it. It's just not fun to see. Um, mm. But yeah, I think, I, effectively, the person who had the most disappointing tournament is Ghetto. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. I mean, Shingo had a solid tournament. So yeah, it. that was a disappointment. Yeah. I was a winner because I I, I I learned two weeks in um, to skip um, a lot of the uh, the bums in this year, mainly the uh, the Aussies and the uh, and the Bullet Club adjacent or former Bullet Club adjacent lads. I managed to skip a lot of. Don't think I saw a Yano match this entire tournament, JP, and I feel no. a lot better for it. Feel like I feel like I'm a new man. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm a, maybe one stuck in somewhere when I had it on live in the background, but uh, managed to uh, to not sit down and watch any of them. So yeah, that's a win. I was I was also going to say as well. I suppose people like Great O'Khan, who you expect at this stage to be kind of pushed up the card, felt like they're in. He felt like he was in stasis. Mm-hmm. He, he was there because he was there because he's a new Japan wrestler. Mm-hmm. Not really for any kind of. There was no stakes for him being in there or anything else there's never anything kind of teased yeah. there and you have to say Sonada as a disappointment as a, just a large non-event in the tournament a disappointment I had no, I had no expectations and for that's it, it. Well, <laughs> he delivered <laughs> he's disappointing in the sense he's IWGP champion hmm. and I was uh, do you know what I just thought we'll put it on him maybe maybe it'll make a difference it doesn't deep down it doesn't in his core, he doesn't, he can't do the top guy stuff. Holding the belt on him to Wrestle Kingdom, that's going to be like interesting because there'll be the temptation to say, I know a much more interesting storyline is probably to go to a Carter Naito again and just have him beat, like, screw up all the plans by beating Sonada, like, in whatever the Dominion show that they do or something along those lines, just to fucking screw around with it rather than because I don't think, I think if it's just going to be a few months of this, it's like, oh, fucking hell, here we go. Oh, shit, here we go again, which is, uh, I think you can put that 
CJ and GTA San Andreas thing to summarise a lot of perhaps tonight's show. <laughs> well, on the positive front, absolutely, definitely, if you checked out of the tournament, you should 100% find a way to see the Akada Naito match. You should yeah. absolutely find a way to see, you know, Naito Osprey as well. Um, they're probably your two biggest recommends from the tournament in the end of the Akada Osprey from earlier mm. on. I'll say mm. Gabriel Kidd versus Kaioki Amir just for the kickoff. Mm. It was fucking mm. great fun. Mm. Really, and yeah, really outside of that, there wasn't a lot else that, that even from a match, like how much of this stuff is really going to go high up on our top 10 list? And that's shocking, really, because the G1 was the banker for you good matches for the year, for the kind of fans like we are, and we didn't get it this year. Where we, uh, where we going next, JP? What's the... Uh... What's the, what's the plan then? Is it literally just that? LIJ at Wrestle Kingdom? Is that pretty much what's happening? I think that. And and then it'll be like, it'll just be sort of, Zach will lose the TV belt or something mm-hmm. along those lines. At, at, it'll be like a, I'm sure Wrestle Kingdom will be a much better show. It'll be an interesting show because if they get some of those younger guys in singles matches and maybe do Narita versus Zack Sabre Jr. again as a rematch and have Narita win this one as a way of mm. kind of building him up from the, the lower card with that TV belt, that might be something. So, I mean, I think, again, Wrestle King will be good. It'll just be how drawn out is it on the way there with the booking and the build. There we go. Well, yeah, I can't get seem to we having some uh, technical difficulties with Discord here. It's not just because I lost, um, but as far as the uh, the pickums go, um, it was uh, Liam who uh, who won it with one hundred twenty three points overall. Yeah. Right the floor with a uh, K Punk in second, Mr LDF LWSN in third, Dog Fingers in fourth, LF Doom the other Liam uh, in fifth. I was uh, hanging about in sixth. Uh, um, I think you're about mid table, JP. Unfortunately, Jamesy after after oh, leading yeah. the way the entire way, as a uh, Bernagado um, fell out of the air, running in the end. But again, uh, hat tip to uh, to Connor for uh, for organising the uh, the deal. Well, thanks for everyone for playing it. Made things a bit more uh, interesting, didn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, we fucking needed that interest quite a few yeah. times. Maybe we'll go like so. We've got Karen in the chat there. Well, after that, maybe we'll uh, we'll we'll go over it again with uh, with Karen at some point. Get a get air takes on it. She's got a few uh, recommendations here. Zach and uh, Akada uh, and Okan and Taichi was another recommendation of Karen. So yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be coming soon. We could chat to her about that and uh, stardom um, and everything else that's uh, that's going on uh, as tournament season is continuing um, over there as well. And uh, yeah, she is the uh, the one as far as the uh, the experts on all that stuff goes. But moving on, JP to uh, to something I'm mm. so crushed i haven't seen um a time of recording but you did uh unfortunately the uh, the cm punk drama um pulled me away and the hour i had before we recorded which was going to be spent on a train trying to watch the Marty dark side that was a plan i was going to get it on my phone I was going to sit there give it a full attention and watch it and then punk blew up the world so unfortunately um i didn't get to it but um, did it live up to your expectations, JP? I'm looking forward to watching it. Maybe I'll throw a little bonus review in the uh, the weekend show this weekend uh, when I finally get to see it. But um, what did you make of it, at least? Oh, it's it was what I thought it would be, which is ultimately it's quite fucking depressing. As much as anything mm-hmm. about a man who effectively, like, it seems to be the problem is he lies on Facebook. And he lives through Facebook <laughs> as well, which I'm just thinking, my mum, my mum, my mum, and putting weird comments up on there and stuff like that, commenting dad, on stuff like an old dad, person on Facebook does. Yeah. And you go, oh, Maybe my God. Me. <laughs> like that I, think, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you want anyone to meet. But he's 
the problem is, is he's about like somebody he's, he's just a professional bullshit merchant really. And it's, it's more depressing than anything else. It's just, but he was probably like, he's sleazy for one. Mm. I think most of the people involved, like Pat Tanaka feels weirdly sleazy. Brute Beefcake and his wife feel incredibly sleazy there as well. Just, and it's Marty Jannetty, like it's either him telling a lie, not taking mm. responsibility for anything. So like Chad Austin and stuff like that. He's like, Sean got away free. And it's like, Sean didn't deliver the move, mate. Like when Chad Austin broke his neck, if you're not sure, you're not aware of this, that originally the settlement was 24 million that he was going to get. He was a job guy. And they show the move of like how he broke his neck. And, <laughs> and it was like, well, yeah, Sean shouldn't take responsibility for it. He's having a lot of, he's a lot of bitterness as Sean. Sean got the chances I didn't get, but you also get the impression that Sean realized that you can't knock around with Marty Jannetty because he revels in all of this stuff. You can tell he looks back on it and he's just like, this is all great. All great memories. I had a girl in every town and everything else like this. And it's just like, well, ultimately it's kind of led to your collapse and destruction because you're just a mess of a human being unable to form kind of normal relationships. You have a look at his ankle, which is proper manky, by the way, like complete, mm. like you can't walk. I saw some images of that. Oh, it's, it's horrible on that. And it shows where he gets rocked on there. I mean, the most karma of the talking heads is Al Snow on there as well, but it's just like, he behaves like a dick as well. Mm. Um, like, and he'll tell a story like he was told that he needs to go to a clinic for addiction and ended up dating his counselor. And you go, well, you know, that's not the case. And you've got this, like this one woman who clearly, you know, there's still a, um, you know, that candle that she's got for Marty Janetti that he's going to get himself together. And, and it's just like, and he's been interviewed. And she's been interviewed. And it's just, it's just. It sounds sad all in all. It's very, 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 very sad as well. And it's just I I bring it up now. stories he's telling where it's like Pat Tanaka's asleep. And mm. so he, he he does what a normal person does, which is pull out a pistol and shoot the mirror. To which Tanaka wakes up and goes, what the fuck is going on? And he's like, well, you were asleep and I had to wake you up. Like it's Pat Tanaka's fault. And the reason <laughs> he's fallen asleep, he's probably been up for four, five fucking days partying with this fucking maniac. So he's like, well, no wonder he can't bloody sleep. And, Jesus. oh, he's... He talks about like he's he's basically he, I can't think of the exact phrase, but he talks about himself like he's God's whipping boy. Oh, that's it. He's 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 gat. He's God's amusement toy. So everything is just him being punished by God, and he never takes any responsibility himself. It's he never grew up, and this is the state that he's ended up in 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 this case, and he's not going to get better. And in terms of like the murder stuff. They look into it. It's nothing there because he's a bullshit merchant and he tells these stories and they're trying to almost say, well, maybe it happens in the end. You know, maybe it really kind of happened. And you just think, no, a lot of this stuff didn't ever really happen. He says this because he's desperately lonely and sad and he feels that by bullshitting, that's the way he's going to get attention in the way that we've all known people like that who feel mm -hmm. like I have to lie in order to impress you rather than thinking if you speak to me like a normal human being, I can relate to you. Therefore, you can have a proper conversation. If someone's just lying to you on a constant basis about how great they are and all the things they've mm. done, you just get bored of it. So it's basically 40-odd minutes of that is what you get. Why did they choose it to be last? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> I, think, 
and this is where the series takes the turn for the worse. If you think about where it started off, and it was like generally very good, very solid, quite niche stories. The Chris Candido stuff they handled like really well. Mm. And in this yeah, one, yeah. it just it started to go more down a salacious route. The Bash of the Beach 2000 episode is still horrible. I still feel dirty even talking about it. And this one, I think they just chose because they thought, oh, we'll get a bit of buzz for it. But it's, it doesn't make for a good documentary. Mm. Jeff said it best in the chat if you can remember the guy from the far show the old guys I'm going to go out and then something horrible to happen to him and he just goes oh bugger that's how he sees himself <laughs> that's how, how he sees himself <laughs> that bloke oh depressing oh, I don't, I kind of like I love the season overall there's mm. been real low points don't get me wrong um, Bass of the Beach being one this sounds like it's another I think I'm still positive on the season overall. Though. Like you say, the Candido episodes, the Bam Bam episode, the Adrian Adonis episodes. I've got good memories of you know the the stuff they did here, even the stuff with you know the the twins and the the car crash and all of that. That was a really interesting little uh, side note in the in the Adonis story. There was all these fun little characters. I found out who Ricky Johnson was this year. Um, that was a laugh, yeah. you know. <laughs> I found out that Abdullah the Butcher's got also got a bullshitting brother as well. Despite the uh, that was another one of the negative episodes. I suppose it was. Putting that out, plotting that out actually, it was a series of extremes this year. Like they were either yeah. great, and the Matt Bourne episode, another one I really enjoyed, despite you know some in- inconsistencies. Yeah. And then they were really shit, which sounds like Bash on the Beach. This one, you Abdullah know, the Butcher, Ab- Abby's probably the other best example as well. Um, yeah, I wonder where they go next year. Like, what are they going to do? Like uh, more Vince McMahon content? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. It should just be a season, you know? Vince. At this point, it should. That should be the final season. Go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, WWE. Like, apparently, CM Punk production somewhere or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Oh, the JYD episode as well. You and the yeah, uh, very much enjoyed that as well. Oh, it's a shame to see it kind of petered out like that. Really, when it was uh, so strong in parts as well. Um, it just feels like some of the episodes were you know well thought out and done with care and then some of the episodes which it sounds like this Genetti yeah. one and the bash of the beach one were just you know salacious tv for the sake of it maybe uh tempting a rating crab by putting vince russo front and center in 2023 don't tell matty i said that um but yeah there we go uh, uh, that's a shame but yeah maybe we could do yes sitting on uh, stabbing and blackburn there you go that's a that's an old hey. uh, story we've all uh the death of yokozuna have we had that <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think we've said we want to do a podcast on that. I want to go. To, I want to be. He's now and is one of the talking heads there, looking shifty on camera. Then what the fuck are we doing here, folks? I know Gareth wants to go as well to the. Uh, I can't remember the name of the hotel now where he uh, where he died. We'll go find the uh, the site of where it was on Liverpool One and see if we can. Uh, you know, uncover any witnesses or something like that. We could do our own uh, investigation. Could be one. It could work. Uh, no. <laughs> oh well, we'll see. We'll see what they come up with next year. But yeah, as we have a big breakfast, uh, complaining of heart palpitations, some questions, uh, and it wasn't the fry the whole... on set either. That could be ten minutes of it as well. Um, that could work. Um, but yeah, what else have you been watching, JP? Anything else you want to uh, throw in before we uh, we get out of here? So there was a big, and I haven't seen all of it, and I'm hoping that when I do get to record with Karen this is stuff that we we'll be able to go through but I do want to mention a match it was for the IWGP um women's championship and it was Maya Iwatani versus Itami Hayashita and it was because they had a pay-per-view this weekend in the weird way they've got the five-star Grand Prix going on they'll have the the standard pay-per-views so there was a mat there was a match on this and it was a more of a a kind of a stacked it was, it was much more of a kind of like a stacked card as well. They set up Julia versus Diona Parazzo in the US for New Japan Strong for that Impact show. 
in there as well. There, someone called Megan Bain, who I don't know, who's like a, a, a quite a tall wrestler from the US, who just kind of seemed to act like monster effectively um, uh, against Tam Nakano, the uh, World of Stardom Championship. But yeah, this match, I thought it was cracking. It was twenty minutes. It's the gif of, I, I mean, this is where my the things that I'm not entirely aware of, but my Iwatani has a. Um, reverse super poison Rana that she delivers and fuck me does she deliver it into like a kind of a roll up as well and that was the finish and that was the thing that was going around because it was just like oh my god that was brilliant but as a match it was it was very good 20 minutes like starts off with the kind of classic feeling out process you've got the middle middle bits with the kind of exchanges and they go to outside and then in, towards the end the last sort of five like five six minutes it gets really good and kind of really heated I mean I'd go sort of 4.25 on it but I still think it's like a hell of a match like I thought mm. I, like really good fun from this um, and it kind of they are the promotion that seems to be like I always think above all else just kind of books generally quite sensibly even if it feels like their schedule is incredibly overcrowded there's stuff from the um, uh, from the tournament I still want to see involving Suzu, Suzuki and some of the other big matches they've had up on there as well. But it was, yeah, like good stuff. It'll be interesting though to know what happens with this women's title and where it goes. Like you would have thought it should have been defended as much as anything on the the G1 finals as well. You would have thought that's perfect, like kind of something to put on the undercard. But maybe it will work its way back in, but it still feels like it's very much like another title in stardom as, as part of it. But yeah, I, I want to give a shout out for that match. And then I had to put on some triple mania um, for this. And <laughs> I was, was going to quickly on, Sorry, on yeah. the stardom front. So yeah. Karen says there that you know, there's a non five star Grand Prix pay per views, apparently, a few of them between now and September's end. What was the story with Asuka? Like, why is she kicking off on Twitter about stardom right now? Like, what's her, what's she after? It looked like she'd been hacked, but apparently, no, apparently, there's this history with her. And, you know, she was outspoken when she was younger or something like that and then in her opinion stardom was created to counter the criticism she had about japanese uh, women's wrestling uh, it was really Pretty weird extreme way to go tweets. Yeah. i'll show you as i set up my wrestling promotion yeah that's i'm not sure they were the motives of rossi agawa though do you knowing no uh, we know about him i don't i'm not sure that that's exactly what he was motivated by yeah that felt very weird I wondered mm. if something's lost in that story. I'm not quite sure of the reasons of it. Um, yeah, as Karen so says here in the chat, old interviews, right? Yeah. who is the doyen of this stuff and absolutely knows her onions on it, that this feels mm. like this is the kind of like people shit-stirring, basically, about stuff that she had said before on there. But, mm. yeah, it's a, you know, but I haven't got Kyrie saying anymore, she'll be going back to WWE, or it's heavily rumoured to be going back. So mm. I think it's, it's going to be interesting Julia coming over again for the Impact mm. one because that appears to be something that's happening more and more. Whether or not there's going to be more of a sort of protracted push around it. Does Mercedes Monet come back in for a mm. couple of matches? There's still a lot of stuff that she hasn't necessarily done there as well. So always a promotion that's need to keep an eye on uh, the stuff that's going on because it's, dare I say, it's women's book, women's wrestling booked well. Something we don't see a lot of in the US, really outside of Impact. In the West. Yeah, in the West. And even then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But you're going to say as well, yeah, I still can't believe there was actually a Triple Mania this weekend. Like, when was the last one genuinely? Six weeks ago? I think less than that. It feels like a month. 
If that, if got three weeks, I'm sure of it. It's something dark, yeah. isn't it? Ah, did you see any of this at all? Did you manage to get around to see, see any of this? I've been waiting no. for your review of it. No, <laughs> I don't oh, think anyone. Okay. This came and no. went. This like the fact it, that this was even this weekend, I think, was a, a mystery to many. It did. It did feel like this was like the kind. I was scared first of all because I put it on and I went, "Oh, the army's here. That's good." It didn't look like it was a big crowd because it was quite dark in there. If you watch it in English commentary, it absolutely loses something. Dombrowski, I don't mind. Larry Dallas mm. sounds like a man who's just unbuckled his jeans and emptied a pot of pot noodle onto a plate before watching this show because he sounds like the most <laughs> sleazy motherfucker you've ever heard. Like, it's awful. That's a, that's a League of Gentlemen reference in case people weren't aware. But he does. And, and the problem is, is that in some ways you need to be hearing Hugo, but the whole mm. crowd are hearing that. So they have to lower, like, the sound, the audio doesn't quite work. And Dombrowski mm. is just like, he's, he's overselling everything. It's like, this is amazing. This is why AAA is great. And I go, great's a strong word to be using about AAA, but okay, go on. And I was scared because I saw the, um, the military bit and then they went straight into one of the matches. And I was like, whoa, where's the double earn action? Well, thank Christ, halfway through the show, apparently it went live on space, whatever that is, not in space. Again, I don't know what aliens would make of AAA. That's a conversation for another time. Promoted by Mortal Kombat as well this time around. That was the big player in it. And obviously, Bardell, the Mexican petrol, um, is the only way I can describe it on that. Yeah, Ty of Valkyrie did a big blade job. The main event, what happened? Sam Adonis lost, of course. Big blade job, yep. Loads of sloppiness, of course. Vikingo had a big flippy match. Yeah, because that's why you've got Jack Cartwheel and Mike Bailey in there. You weren't under any doubts in there. Old lads, shit counts. Um, I'm trying to think of what else did we see in there. QT Marshall won the Latin American title by pulling off Pentagon Jr.'s mask and with a cheap roll-up. That's fine if he stays there. He's just Jeff Jarrett. He's just a, a, a Jeff Jarrett figure. I kind of like that. That, that. that that was one where, like, last hour, I made a proper effort to watch his ambulance match. I think I did. I'm enjoying yeah. That's the place for him in the world. I think this is it. Mm. Mexico. And Taya Valkyrie's blade job was fucking brutal. She was pissing mm. blood throughout as well. Um, okay. And, yeah, and she, she lost the title there. They had, or what was it? Yeah. I think other than that, it was a triple mania. It was exactly what you'd expect. There was a Negro Cassus match who was there at the beginning and then he'd left. They did have like some cracking video packages and is then kind of ruined by the general calamity. I didn't see Vampiro around the place. I may well have missed that at some point. But yeah, I think they described Pagano as AAA Sabu. But yeah, it was the usual AAA nonsense that we kind of go into. There's a part of me thinking maybe I should be watching CMLL. Um, as much as Alan Farrell would tell you that you should be watching yeah, that, would do. Japan. That, that. That would be your uh, your Puro and Lucha mix. I think that would be at a, a better use, <laughs> maybe at the, uh, the time. I just felt too soon for another Triple Mania. I didn't feel motivated to watch it live and yeah. then catching it back up is, uh, is never going to happen, is it? Imagine uh, it in your head what happened, and you know what happened. Other than, like I say, I was scared we didn't get the double earn action with uh, Maricela Pena, but no, That's we did. a real loss. Oh, we, we did. Okay. No, we got it. I've sent you the photo, mate, because oh, okay. how many times we've used the photo of that woman with, again, I think it's weird to go out everywhere publicly with the urns of your dead brother and your dead husband. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. That seemed, but she seems to fucking revel in it. The king, I must be sick of carrying that. 
as well. It's just like Jesus, and they they do it all the time. But um, but yeah, Triple A is going to Triple A, and they Triple A'd as much as anything you could ever imagine. There we go. Well, that's it. That's uh, pretty much it, really. I will say, as uh, as we've been on air, a little bit more news on the pug stuff. Not that really changes what we said before. Apparently, it has been confirmed, as I'd kind of half heard, that uh, Punk has apologised to Hangman Page directly via text message, according to our uh, our friends at the uh, the Voices of Wrestling uh, Patreon. Um, also, uh, he claims he had not to do with Hangman Page being uh, not allowed into the building on Saturday. Um, and if he was there, he would have attempted to speak to him. Um, and he did say to a flagship course, according to Voice of the Wrestling, I am 100% the reason Nick Nemeth and Christopher Daniels were sent home. So at least he admits that. <laughs> he shouldn't be, though. Like, that's... Oh, Tony, oh, get it, get it. Hell, uh, Phil, for the love of Christ, man. I mean, yeah. Growth, that's... though. Growth. He apologised to Hangman. Growth. Come on, we'll take it. There you go. He's my age, mate. He should be... We should be <laughs> well into the stage of being used to giving out apologies. He's not I've changing. just had enough of my life, so... That's the thing. They get to a point in life where you don't change anymore, doesn't it? And that's uh, no. that's well and truly where, where CM Phil is. But there we go. Pack pot spotlight this week. Mm. <laughs> Plenty off our chest to think, and yeah, more to come, obviously, as we said there earlier. Um bit late now, but yeah, the video version is available on, on YouTube as a play player if you want to hit as a replay, if you want to hear us uh, go through all those points again, um, I'm sure we'll probably go through similar it. ones uh, next week. Um, but <laughs> who knows what can happen this week, JP? Dynamite and Collision might put us in a in a great mood for uh, for next week's spotlight. But yeah, in the meantime, there will be a special version uh, of Observe This uh, coming out where me and JP are going to be looking yep. at the original All In and the build to it. Uh, might even throwing a sneaky bonus bit on the uh, the announcements of it as well and uh, everything that meant which will lead into a flashback review that me jp uh, gareth and matty uh, are going to be doing for next week uh, that'll be out before obviously the uh, the big weekend uh, where we're going to be reviewing the original all in five years later unbelievably it has been five years so, yeah and then we'll compare and contrast with our original takes five years ago when we uh, recorded it back on the old podcast as well so yeah check all of that out anything else to plug jp anything else to, want to say patreon.com forward slash grapple go there deep cuts uh christian and tna like you mentioned observe this we've got the um weekend show coming up mm. this weekend as well christ mm. knows what other uh fun-filled goodness that we're going to be getting into in the meantime you've mentioned it and with the hell of a back catalogue now at this point so mm. yeah if you sign up to the patreon it's all nicely laid out Benno's done a brilliant job curating it so for the particular type of shows we do if you want to hear any of those any of the other flashbacks any of the other mm. deep cuts mick tapes film clubs five to ones that we've done along there so patreon.com forward slash grapple Thank you. Yeah, thank you to our, our live patrons who've tuned in. Um, we're going to be sign off. They've given us lots of uh, suggestions for uh, for for titles and uh, and music and stuff like that as well. So we'll be uh, taking that all to, into account. But yeah, thank you, live patrons. Uh, thank you, everybody who's uh, who's tuned in on the audio on Spotify or wherever else. Thank you to our kings of the mountain: Carl Gap, Robert Brocky, Carl Laughlin, Eddie Sabins, Chris Platt, Simon Gunn, and Sam Mulvaney. And all the rest to say is, yeah, we will see you again next week for the big AW All In preview show. We'll see you then. Bye. Good night, all. <laughs>